it is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021, and I enjoyed today's show. Today's show was awesome. Today was a good time. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. If you do, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it, Ty. It appears as if all hell has broken loose down in Houston. Andre Johnson, legendary wide receiver for the Houston Texans for a long, long time, face of the franchise for a long time, has almost all of their records as a wide receiver for the uh, franchise. He came to play for the Indianapolis Colts for a year. I got a chance to be a teammate of his. I got a chance to talk to him. I think we kind of befriended each other for a little bit. And then he even came onto this show. He is a man who is... Very chill. Now, granted, he did beat the shit out of Cortland Finnegan one time. He, he, and by the way, Cortland Finnegan, hilarious human. I'm, I hope that those two kind of rekindle it. I think they get along well. But he was always very uh, calm whenever he talked when he was with the Indianapolis Colts. He was always very collected, incredibly intelligent. Uh, never seemed like a guy that would uh, kind of go uh, uh, kind of like off you know, like it would. Ne- Andre Johnson was like the model teammate whenever he came to the Indianapolis Colts, and with Deshaun Watson's situation brewing down into Houston Texans, it is called for some ex-Texans to voice their concerns with the Texans franchise. And Andre Johnson put out this long tweet that basically said, "Hey, Deshaun Watson, stand your ground. That organization." is bullshit since Jack Easterby came in. It's pretty much what Andre Johnson said. Now, he's much more of a gentleman than I am, and uh, he, he he said it in a much you know more eloquent fashion, <laughs> sure. as you can see here. But that's pretty much what he said. And then it led to other. Arian Foster said, like, hey, if OG here is talking, Andre, if OG's talking, there's a reason. And that's exactly how I felt whenever I saw him tweet that out, by the way. Then DJ Reader responded, and then others have responded. I mean, it feels like a lot of people that have played for the Houston Texans Texans organization have potentially been completely turned off by the Houston Texans organization once Jack Easterby got in there. Now, the interesting thing about Jack Easterby is he came down from New England, you see, and whenever he got in there, he became allegedly, I would assume, a problem behind the scenes, whether it's political and who gets to who gets to make decisions and where's money going and things that are happening. You saw Nuke leave town. DeAndre Hopkins got traded for a bag of balls to the Arizona Cardinals. We all saw DeAndre Hopkins and what he did this season in Arizona, what he's done in Houston with like 45 different quarterbacks before Deshaun got there. He's an absolute stud. He got sent out there. That is a wild time to be alive. But don't you fear Houston Texans fan? One of the greatest football players on earth in Deshaun Watson. He was at a Houston Rockets game last time. Oh, yeah. So if if he's sitting down there at a Houston Rockets game, what does that mean? He's a fan of the Rockets. If he's if he's sitting courtside, that means he really loves the team. He wouldn't want to leave the Texans and not and not be able to go watch the Houston Rockets. Oh, but what if he's a James Harden fan? Oh, oh, because he actually said in a press conference yesterday, get me the fuck out of here. I don't want to see his last game. He said it in the month. Yeah, he was like, listen, you're playing the Lakers too. Like, we might as well go check out Braun, yeah. who's going to hit a three and turn around like he's Steph Curry in the middle of the game. And we're also potentially seeing James Harden's last game as a little bit bigger guy and also as a Rocket. Uh-huh. So maybe that maybe you should be a little bit bummed and think that this could get ugly and maybe Deshaun Watson will get shipped out of town. Will he go down to Miami? Well, that's an interesting thing because Miami players have allegedly came out in an anonymous fashion with local Miami media and just buried Tua, basically. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically just said, like, you know what? We're not 100% sure about this guy. I think they all said that they liked him as a person. I don't think anybody's ever said they don't like Tua. But as a football player, I think there was a lot of questions, I guess, coming from the locker room. couple quick things. Couple, if I may. You may. I don't like the anonymous answer. Uh, okay? I don't like I've never liked it. 
This, this happened week six with the Cowboys with anonymous leaks. Now, granted, sometimes anonymous, and this is in the sports world, please, so don't come at me with your bullshit. Well, you need anonymous sources for the safety of the person. Fuck you. Okay, I'm talking sports. Um, <laughs> legit. Like I, I understand, But I understand sometimes anonymous sources can leak something to get a narrative spun to potentially work out and benefit in your fashion or in the franchise organization's fashion if you need something. So when the Dallas Cowboys were leaking information to media members about how bad the coaches were, it felt like the players were thinking to themselves, well, we got to change something. Nobody's going to listen to us, this whole thing. I was asked a couple times whenever I was in a locker room if I would do an anonymous poll or an anonymous thing. And I was like, anytime I say something, I think it might be good. I would like my name to be associated with it. Okay. Yeah. And that's not that's not just me being like, oh, I hate like whenever people it's me potentially being arrogant, because I think my answer is gonna be a good one. So I would like my name to be next to it. I would like a little bit of credit for this. But also, if you have an opinion, you should at least you know, people should know on the other side of your opinion that it's coming from you. So that's a very – I don't love that the Dolphins players did these anonymous quotes or whatever and kind of buried a teammate because now what happens? Now Tua – let's say nothing happens this offseason, Tua goes back in there and, you know, it's a little bit of an awkward situation because now Tua is staring at a room and it's almost like he's trying to figure out – he's trying to be an FBI profiler. He's trying to figure out who potentially gave the anonymous quotes about me sucking at football, you know? And it, it's almost like, uh, does he wear glasses? No. You know, it's like a guess who game he's playing on, who he thinks potentially did the whole thing. But if this, if this is something that you truly believe, and you saw B-Flow pull Tua in a moment where they needed to win and put Fitzmagic in there, it feels like the Dolphins are sitting at number three in the draft. They're probably taking a quarterback. And if the players are doing something and the coaches are doing something now, and it feels like the fans are even potentially starting. No, they're not Gumpy. Gumpy's a big Dolphins fan. They, they are not on the side of Tua should not be the quarterback of the future. The guy who wrote this article, Armando, he has been called into question before, Pat. Oh, no. So uh -huh. you're saying he's potentially lying about the anonymous sources? He just made it up, which is, by the way, anytime you read something about an anonymous source, you have to potentially factor in the fact that the person that's writing it or saying it potentially pulled out of their ass and said, people are saying, because that's what we do on this show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, lot of, a lot of people also saying that we bash Tua. No one has bashed Tua here. All we said, if you, get, if you can get Deshaun Watson you get Deshaun Watson. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, it feels like it. And we haven't bashed Tua. I haven't. Gumpy has, though. I, 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 Gumpy oh, has yeah. bashed Tua. D-Butt did yesterday. That was nothing. Oh, so now you see, see what's oh, happening so. here is a lot of this. this whole thing. Hey, we we can pull the clip back. We all, can pull it back. All five fingers pointing out. The um, But anyways, that is Deshaun Watson going to go there? And if not, is Tua going to be able to be the quarterback of the future with now anonymous quotes about players not knowing if Tua is the guy? I mean, it's just, there's a clusterfuck. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of reality. And we're heading into a massive week in the NFL. We'll talk about all that. Also today at 5.30, okay? PM, NBC Sports Ooh. Network, which I'm not sure anybody has, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The NHL is back. What game are they leading with? Great question. Greatest hockey player of all time, Sidney Crosby is going to beat the fuck out of the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh. Oh. Watch out, Philly. There's a boost on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Sidney Crosby to score one goal. He'll probably score six just to score one goal. It was boosted from uh, to plus 210 or whatever. Wow. You're double your money. Greatest hockey player to ever put on skates. Uh, he will definitely score against Flyers. He hates the Flyers. Mm -hmm. Okay, He does not like them. Uh, Cross-state rival, but also in hockey. like We are so much better than them at hockey. Oh, yeah. And they like are a chirping. 
They suck. We're great. Mm -hmm. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since 75. We've won them all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not even really a conversation. Sidney Crosby will score a goal. Go hammer this boost at plus 210. I feel good about it. That's going to spin around. My hockey betting might go undefeated this year. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, Mike Locke. And by the way, um, a lot of people are going to call in to question my hockey knowledge. <laughs> and I would like them to know that fucking bring it. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. I grew up in hockey town, mm. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, Okay. Easy. And what's that? Easy. With Red the Wings. Time. I don't even know if the Red Wings are still in the NHL. So that might, my right. NHL knowledge might get called into question because I'm not even sure if y'all motherfuckers are even in the league anymore. Dude, the last time I saw NHL hockey, guess who wasn't involved? Fucking Red Wings. They okay. were not even invited. We wanted no like like even invited. Wings. Why would you want to be a part of the dumb bubble? Listen, the Penguins, the Penguins did not play well in the bubble at all. It's not really our thing. Like, hey, we win real Stanley Cups this whole thing. We're not going into the bubble. But that was the NHL literally saying if we could get rid of teams, these are teams we would <laughs> yeah. get rid of in the Red Wings hockey town we're right in that list right oh, yeah. now the once storied franchise with octopi getting thrown onto the ice the Detroit Red Wings now the NHL saying don't even fuck come in the bubble okay I just want to let you know that in the NBA they made rules to get Zion in there if you do yeah. recall the yeah. NHL could have done that with hockey town uh -huh. they chose not to okay also so I don't even want to fucking hear it from uh, Detroit fans your team wasn't even invited to the NHL last year okay so I, I don't want to anyways I grew up in hockey town oh yeah okay and when I was growing up, you have no idea about the back-to-back -back Jack. You're talking Yager, Lemieux, Francis, what? Tommy Barrasso. Uh, the boys uh, were ham on the ice. And that was right in my time period. Starter jackets, you know what I mean? Pittsburgh oh, Penguins. Yeah. Uh -huh. Also, the Penguins logo is incredible. It's better than every other logo. It looks good. Was never a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Always loved the players. Uh, I was forced to watch the Steelers games, obviously, because my dad's a diehard through remotes and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And in Pittsburgh, if the Steelers win, the entire city is happy. Also in Pittsburgh, if the Penguins win, a large majority of the city is happy. Pittsburgh is a hockey town. That's just how it is. Town. The, the Pirates suck. Stink. Yep. Have, always will. Their owners suck. Penguins are a team that has been very successful for a very long time. We transitioned from one goat to another, just like the fucking Packers did with Brett to Aaron. We got Lemieux straight into Sydney, and then we bring in Malkin and the boys, let alone the young gunner, the young stud, Gensel, who's just a goal-scoring machine. I have no idea who's playing goalie. Hopefully it's the same guy uh, from a couple years ago that knew how to catch a fucking puck on his glove side. But the Penguins... Are gonna win by 50 tonight. Wow. Hammer the over and hammer Sidney Crosby to score at least one goal plus 210. Hell yeah! Now, with that being said, I've I cannot skate and I've never played actual hockey. Atone Diggs is here. Uh Diggs. Yeah. College football, nobody likes it anymore. I guess big drop off in the ratings. Oh yeah, I mean uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Still had 15 million people watching, though, okay? And I know that it, you're comparing it to last year's college football. And I would assume, by the way, college football is a much different sport whenever the fans are there, and there's probably a lot more hype when everybody's involved. Yeah. But I think this year the product did suffer from the lack of atmosphere mm -hmm. more than maybe most other sports did. 
Uh, but 15 million people still watching. And I would assume the way it's being consumed is a little bit different. And who knows about these Nielsen ratings? Do you think the future of college football is potentially in jeopardy because the product is not good enough to survive alone? You have to have the entire environment and everything around that Whoa. to make it worth a single fuck. And with this COVID-20 potentially around the corner yeah. and COVID-28 uh-huh. and COVID-21, yeah. I mean, what if the game just has to survive off the game? Is college football going to be able to do that? I think college football is fine. Football is king. Hockey starts today. I mean, college football is 20, 20 times the size of hockey. Um, the ratings were down. That's in the, true. Yeah. The ratings were down in the national yeah. championship, but the semifinals were much higher than the national championship. I think people are just tired of watching Bama win national championship and Bama, Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson. Like, it, they need to somehow find a way, expand the playoffs, get more teams in there, get more fan bases in there. Uh-huh. Like, I. I thought the regular season was much better than the college football playoffs. Like once the bowl season started, who gets a fuck? Yeah, the the interesting thing about college football is, and people are bashing it this morning. I mean, it, those ratings yeah. came out, and people started going after it for not waiting until they see these uh, NHL ratings. You know, what I mean? <laughs> see these. but the um, I think the the trend of people watching shit at home is real. But I think people have so much content to choose from now. They'll still keep up with the game, but maybe the Nielsen outdated rating can't keep up with them watching the game. Like, for instance, Nickelodeon allegedly only had 2 million viewers. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, that's impossible. I don't I, that, that. that just, it, it, unless I have zero pulse of what's going on, and I guess I am strictly an internet person, but that felt much larger than 2 million people. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. So maybe the ratings are a bunch of bullshit, and who cares? If something's getting talked about, maybe it's good, and if it's not, Dead. To your point, though, like as a as a sport surviving without all the pageantry and stuff like that, like when there is a game on and there is no fans for college football, even the NFL, you're like this, this fucking sucks. Like, NFL is much better. Then, like, let's not even. Yeah, NFL is no, much better. It still sucks without fans. I I agree. It's not as good without fans, but in the NFL, you're seeing like high level shit happen. The best. You know what I mean? In some college games, football games, you're watching like some high-level high school shit happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not everybody is into that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I think college football will always survive. Mm-hmm. But everybody's bashing the ratings. It's like, yo, 15 million people still. That's a lot. Yeah. It's more than like the NBA final. It's more than any other sports finals. Yeah, that's a oh, lot yeah. of motherfucking viewers uh, at Boston Connor. Uh, we have a couple of big-time guests today. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Ty Schmidt is here as well. All the boys are here. Zito, your poll before we get to this break, before we have uh, uh Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> oh! And then, by the way, we have Barry Sanders. What? Oh. Yeah, and then Cole Beasley. Oh. Yeah, we have a big show today. I'm Jeez. pretty pumped about it. Yeah, and NHL's at 530 when Sidney Crosby scores seven goals against Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yes. Zito, what's your poll before we get to the break? Yep, uh, today is uh, which one seed is more likely to make the Super Bowl. Uh, right now we have Chiefs at 40.5% and Packers 59.5%. Here we go. Quick stats from uh, Stats Digs earlier. Uh, AFC number one seeds are 19 and 11 in um, this divisional round against whoever came to their house. And in the NFC, they're 24 and 6. Correct. Damn. So it seems like the NFC does move along a little bit more, the trends are, than the AFC. But still pretty heavily favored in the one seeds direction which is what we should think about when gambling this weekend. Although the Browns are getting 10 points against the Chiefs and the Chiefs have not covered much this year. They'll win. We assume they'll win, but will they cover 10? That's a lot. I'm not sure. In that AFC, 19-11 straight up, 12-17-1 ATS. Oh, okay. wow. So oh, shit. Plus 10. So exactly what we just said. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Joining me now is a man that I am so incredibly pumped to talk to. Yeah. Okay? Just yesterday, this man was announced as a new offensive coordinator for the University of Louisiana, Monroe. I, to be completely transparent, thought he would be up for a, a big-time job after what he did at Ole Miss uh, two years ago. But, turns out, the University of Louisiana Monroe team has an absolute savage coming down to run their offense. This man was my college coach. Uh, he was the one who signed me to a scholarship and get my education paid for. Education there, but I got, me, I got a chance to ride the coattails of some great teams to some magical moments. And to be honest, this man, in the moment that I knew him, I didn't fully understand him, but as I've grown older, can't help but have the ultimate respect for this dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Rich Rodriguez. What's up? For the brand, for the brand. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, this, will be, this will be entertaining for sure. We want to tell some. I heard you do a pretty good Rich Rod impersonation. Well, you've heard it before, well, Coach. You have heard it. Now, listen, <laughs> you know that I'd be able to do that. Those post-training camp gong shows, we'd bring the fucking house down, Coach, you see. Oh, good. Well, now that I saw you cuss, I know this is not PG-rated. You're full of shit, half <laughs> <laughs> More, more, more than half the time. But we're gonna get this before we get anything started. Let's get it straightened out about Pat McAfee. I've heard this Darrell Rivas punt return thing. I do remember that meeting, and I wore out that laser. And it wasn't just you uh, that missed the tackle and was lazy and loafing on that play. Ten other guys. But that was so uncharacteristic of Pat McAfee because you're like, you know, this guy's not just a specialist. I mean, this guy can play linebacker. I told everybody, everybody we had games, and this guy's the best punter, the kicker. He, he can play a lot of positions. And lo and behold, we have an opportunity to make a tackle against Darrell Revis on national TV. And what did he do? He shit right down there. <laughs> right down there. But, no, I'm so proud of you. I'm, you're doing great. Oh, so everybody. And this is – here's my, my, my son, Rhett, will remind me. Of, he said, I know you told Pat stories. I said, I said, well, remind me some. He said, you know, every time we'd have picture day or media day, Pat would have some kind of crazy new hairdo, some kind of bullshit on his head. And I would say, Pat, can you not just be the freaking punter? Why do you do all this other shit? Just be the freaking punter. Uh, coach. Hilarious Think I was thinking about this this morning, okay? Now that I've, there, by the way, there's media there right there. Now that I've, um, now that I've kind of, you know, because going into that West Virginia team, that was my first time in the football environment, right? Because I played soccer. I didn't go to practice in high school football. I would only show up on like Friday nights or whatever. And that was my first time in the football environment. And I just acted like how I would act in regular life. Now that I've met like a lot of kickers and punters, you know what I mean? You guys had to have some hilarious conversations about like, hey, this kicker we got is a fucking asshole. <laughs> there had to be some. I, I am very different than a lot of other kickers and punters. And uh, I now realize You're that. You're just a different, period. But that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> our, our, but the truth is, like talent wise, I mean, I love your personality and you're you're. You know, I'm just I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but, you know, your competitiveness and your uh, want to to be the best was unmatched by anybody, not just in a special position. But I've always said this. I remember the first time I saw you in person kick and punt. I said, you don't have to see it. You can hear it. You can The best punters and kickers, you can hear them. 
And that was the case with you for sure. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot. You gave me an opportunity when many others didn't. And now that I'm, you know, reading that you're going to the University of Louisiana Monroe after a year off, the only thing I wonder, especially because you got this hard edge podcast, okay, and it's like a family, you got a good family, got a good puck. Have you lost your, are you going to be soft down there? (laughs) Are you soft? Oh, I'm not. No, I got to be. I better be hard edge here, right? We got some work to do. But you know, it's a very unique opportunity. It's you know, my son who's got two years. He's, he graduated with a four some GPA with two years of eligibility left. Congrats! Right. Looking for maybe a place to go. And uh, a friend of mine, Terry Bowden, who I've known for a long time, uh, said, "Hey, well, you know, what's Rhett going to do? Is he going to you know look to transfer?" And I said, "Yeah." And he says, "Why don't his dad come down and coach him?" I'm thinking, you know what? Instead of sitting on my ass, I like to work. I love ball. Maybe it's a great opportunity, you know, kind of write a new story and it's something that's unique that I go chance to coach my son. And and obviously they got some work to do, right? There wouldn't be a new coaching staff if there wasn't, and they got a lot of work to do you know, coming up an 0-10 season. But I'm really excited. Players are excited. The administration here is excited, and, and we're busy getting to work at ULM, and we'll see what happens. Coach, whenever you left West Virginia, you went to Michigan. We all, in our locker room, in our locker room, our guys, you know what I mean? We all, by the way, we were a very tight team. And I think you can't, that is not something that you can measure or put anything on. If your team comes together, that West Virginia team we had was very tight. But when you went to Michigan, we all knew, like, are the Michigan kids going to be able to handle Rich Rodriguez? You know, because our locker room, and I think you would probably say this, and anybody that met, we had some dogs in our locker room, right? Like, we were guys that were ready to go. And we thought the Michigan thing was always going to be an interesting fit for you. Did you have any of those thoughts going in there? Did you have to change it all? Like, what was it whenever you went up there? Because we had a lot of questions. Well, that, and that's fair. I, I didn't visit there. Obviously, you don't talk to the other team and didn't really know a whole lot about it. Uh, other than their, their Michigan brand and, and their their uh, history and all that. But it was different. I think you come in a little bit, and I wasn't a so-called Michigan man. And so sometimes when I try to do things that I thought were basic to any good program, they looked at me like I had three heads. It's like, geez, you know, what are you doing here? And, and I think there was some resistance at times initially. But I think eventually by the third year, uh, we had gotten that out, and we were ready to roll. Unfortunately, I didn't get the fourth year to see it through. But <laughs> it, uh, it was there was it was it was tough transition, and and I, and I miss West Virginia. And there's there's so much path that you probably don't even know. And I wish I would have had time before I left. I should have had a, I had a meeting with the players, but I wish I would have had a press conference and explained to the West Virginia fans exactly what the reasons were and why I left you know, such a great program to go to Michigan and so on and so forth. And and I didn't do that. That was a mistake on my part because I was told, hey, just move on. They'll be okay. And I should have – the fans of West Virginia owed – Oh, we got to call him back. He was getting right. things, But there was like simple stuff, Pat. Like we were doing pretty good. And we had a new young president administration. And I wanted – I didn't ask for any, any demands for myself personally other than I wanted $50,000 more for the assistant coaches pool because I was losing a lot of good coaches every year. And, you know, I was a great staff. And I thought, okay, $50,000 is something. But that's that's for the whole staff. That's all I wanted, $50,000 more. I was told, take it or leave it, coach. We've done all we can for you, and that's it. And I'm like, really? And that was it. That was the extent of the conversation. Wasn't like, what coach, else you also, also with what we were doing for West Virginia. Now, uh, hindsight, I'll look back on this. Now that I'm in the college football world a little bit more with game day, West Virginia – 
I mean, we had those plaques on the wall. Thursday night football games on ESPN. We had the highest rating game of like the year. Like we were on primetime television every single week. We were winning a lot. And I saw, by the way, I saw a lot of West Virginia University. I saw a lot of buildings being put up. I saw a lot of classrooms getting redone. I saw attendance go up. I saw everything go up. So I would assume whenever you go like, hey, is there any way we can maybe continue to build this thing for $50,000? Uh, you would expect an, a simple yes there, I would guess, but we didn't know any of that. You know, none of us knew any of that was happening behind the scenes. I know, and, that, and that's probably, uh, you know, where I could maybe explain things. But, you know, when your new employer says, hey, move on, don't talk about it, so on and so forth, you understand that. But I really, how many years it's been? Thir- 13, 14 years, and I really haven't explained some of that stuff. So, you know, this is a little bit of an opportunity to do that. But you're right. We loved, I, I remember when ESPN came to me and said, Coach, we, we would like to play some, not just Thursday, but maybe a Friday night game, a Wednesday night game. I said, you can put us on prime time at any time. Our guys will be ready to play. I love it. You know, didn't care what night of the week it was. You know, the reality TV at its best, right? So so we took as many as we could. It helped us build the program. There was a couple games, man, that Maryland game. I mean, the Maryland game when Steve popped off for like 100 touchdowns after, what, a, a week before signing day, they pulled his – his uh, scholarship. Then, obviously, every time we got into prime time with Louisville, it was uh, it was a hell. I mean, Louisville. we had runs back. You remember? I remember how pissed off you were. Um, and I don't know if you were actually pissed off, but you're using it to kind of motivate. And I was I was one of the only freshmen, by the way, that played. Right, me and Steve were one of the only freshmen that played. So it was kind of a, an interesting little time there because there was an older class that when you first got there you brought in right Jamal die in them I, th- I think is that class that was kind of the senior yep. class there and then now we were kind of the younger class that we were gonna get going and when Louisville gets brought into the Big East you used it as like a oh everybody's talking about how Louisville's the new king of the Big East like you were like I remember you not being thrilled about it and then that first time we played and what was it a triple overtime game we get the win and that was really I think the moment that catapulted us into you know like that next tier we had we and we had what's unique is we had you know you talk about a cast of characters not just yourself but you know there were a lot of guys that maybe were a little bit overlooked or somehow you know fell under the radar or developed a different way you know the Owen Smiths of the world who was the, the probably the best fullback in college football you know, I know there wasn't a lot of fullbacks at the time but what a great story these guys all were and it was just for me I probably have not said it enough how much I appreciate the effort. Because you guys worked your ass off. Oh, yeah. You know, with Barbara's in the weight room and what you did in the summer, I, I'm i so appreciative of the effort the guys gave. And I just assume, Pat, no matter where you go, everybody works like that. But there's it doesn't do that all the time until you're there and build that culture. Once you build that culture, like Alabama has now, where everybody works that way, it sometimes takes a little time. I talked about that yesterday with how Devontae Smith has had to sit behind to superstars and instead of transferring Alabama has this culture where they're like no you're going to compete okay you're going to compete here and then whenever it's your time to get on the field you're going to go okay like that this is how it's going to work and they'll be able to do that forever by the way if they want to now that it's been established like that that culture is something you can't really have our culture was one where we I feel like was that that had to have been the most blue collar team you've ever been around we had to have, I mean legitimately had to have been 
Yeah, it's like you, you want to say, whoa, not sick them, right? And I've always said that. Well, that, these guys got to the point where they were ready to do it. Not that they wanted to run up that damn hill, law school hill no all way, the time no and, and do all the drills that Paris was going through. But, you know, you weren't adverse to hard work and you weren't adverse to adversity. And and uh, and I think there was a bond by doing that where you had a little chip on your shoulder saying, like, we're little old West Virginian and we're going to come whip your ass, you know, and that's uh, no matter where we're at and who we're at and – you know, it's like the Sugar Bowl in Georgia. I remember that. We couldn't wait to play Georgia in the Sugar Bowl because everybody's talking about Little West Virginia from the Big East. You got the SEC champs. And then, like, two nights before then, in the same place we were playing in Atlanta, LSU had, like, destroyed oh, Miami beach. or somebody uh, in that game. And everybody's talking about SEC, SEC. And they're good. They were good. But I said, I think we got a sneaky little good team too and and they'll be ready to prove themselves we were having we had a hell of a time that week and i'm sure you've been told the stories now by uh now that you've kind of left we had <laughs> we were very loose that week our team we there was not a lot of worry from many of our team and it, it might have been because we were too young at the time we were freshmen based most of us were freshmen yeah. now there was there was seniors obviously legendary seniors dan moses and the boys like there was those types of guys but the the freshmen we were I don't think we even had a clue what was going on. We go to that Peach Bowl. Remember, we watched. They had us go watch that game. We got tickets to that whole game. And there's SEC, and then there was dog fans barking at us on the street whenever we were walking around. <laughs> and it was just like our whole team was like, oh, "Get the fuck out of our face!" <laughs> like it was literally like that the whole week. And then we go out and get that win. And I remember after the game, you had we did a bunch of chants. Like there was a bunch of chants, and everybody was all in. And we had a Big East chant that we radiated through the whole thing. And it just so happened to be, I think the cameras were live on there. And it was such, I can't believe the Big East got taken away, man. We had such a good conference up there, Rich. Such a good conference going on. And it was, it was, I could, I was in, you know, obviously I was in that league when it was coming apart. And the problem with the Big East at the time is it was, already fractured it had football schools basketball schools and notre dame and everybody's going to fight for their own agenda from the school standpoint and so when the conferences started to implode a little bit i told our administration we better find something to hurry because we're going to be left standing with nothing uh at the big east and so trying to get in the acc and the big 10 which would probably be a more natural geographic fit didn't happen and so i think that's then i left so i think that's why they had to go to the big 12 but you know, West Virginia's got so much to offer. I don't care about how many TV eyeballs are on there. You know, the West Virginia brand, the West Virginia fans, uh, the importance of football in that state, and I think it has a lot to offer to everybody. Hey, and you built that, dude. Like, that that has to feel pretty cool. Well, but- you built that. I mean, the, the, the players we were getting, and I, sometimes you get – you know, it bothers me to say, well, you got a bunch of blue-collar players and, you know, they, they develop well. I mean, these guys are talented now, too. Now, they weren't just – blue-collar guys that worked hard. I mean, Pat McAfee's crazy nuthead, and, and I love him as a personality, but if his ass couldn't kick or punt, I wouldn't have had him on the team. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Pat, but, you know, I had you on the team because selfishly I knew, I knew you were pretty damn good. Did you, have, so. did you have to – like, you coached hard. You, you coached us hard. We, we were coached hard. By the way, um, this is just like whenever people talk about Tom Brady up in New England – like Tom had to give the okay right for Bill to coach him in front of the team meeting and yell at him and kind of so everybody kind of sets the standard. I'm not sure there's a lot of coaches in 2021 going into 2022 that still coach hard just because of the new genre of human, the new way things uh, kind of go. With your son obviously being on the team, 
Are, are you, do, how do you balance that? Are you still? Are you, hey, your piss is still hot. No way. No way. Your piss is still hot. The entire from period one. It oh, is. You, no, no you way. You can ask Rhett, my son. He'll still. The difference when I, Rhett is so smart. He's and he's more mature than I am too. I mean, I yell at him, and a lot of guys will give you that look like, oh god. I I, I yell at Rhett, and he just smiles at me. So he already knows it's coming, and uh, so he gets it. But I think a lot. Here's the difference, Pat. I tell you about the difference between twenty years ago and now. 20 years ago, you get on a guy and tell him to do something. Okay, coach, I'll do it. Now they'll still do it, but they want to know why. And if you tell them the wrong reason, they'll Google it up and say, nope, coach, that ain't what it says. <laughs> Some shit. So they're smarter nowadays. You can't fool them. So I still think guys want to be coached at all levels. And if they know that you can help them be the best version of themselves, if they know you can help them have success, then you can get through to them and be a Okay, I tell them, I'm a louder guy, a little bit. I know you've kind of made fun of me that way. You're right. I like to yell a little bit. I won't yell long, but when I do, I just try to get their attention, get it corrected, and let's move on. And impressive. Hey, the way you put words together, too, so just succinct. It is, it was, it was art. It was fucking art. <laughs> we used to go back home, you know, to our houses after practice and things like that. And we would, you, you know. the house where you had, like, just to get together. You weren't having a party. <laughs> that the one you're talking about where the police got called? No, 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 no. I would never party at my house. <laughs> no, no. The, te- <laughs> the team camaraderie building barbecue. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. That's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever <laughs> It was, oh, he just hung up. Oh. Hopefully his number wasn't it up. Wasn't. Okay, good news. Uh, man, he's awesome, dude. Jeez. Yeah. I'll tell you, whenever he would yell, though, sometimes he would just, like, look and yell and then, like, look back away. <laughs> he was out of a movie, dude. It was, we go back to the house that he was referring to there, and people, come, teammates would come over or whatever. And I was going to say, you know, we, we'd sometimes smoke a little CBD or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And we would just, we would talk about what you said during the day. <laughs> hey, coach, you kind of dropped off there. Um, and I don't know who was calling you. Maybe that was uh, ULM saying, get the hell off the show. But <laughs> the, uh, I appreciate you for joining us. Uh, what I was telling you is you would have a hell of a practice, okay? It was a day where you wanted to set the tone and, and somebody was fucking up or whatever. You would have a hell of a practice. And at night, obviously, we'd all be miserable during it because, you know, normally that involves some borrowish shit, too, if you didn't like what was going on. It was like, a, okay, there's, there's a tag team coming here. <laughs> if things aren't going well, we're going to do this or whatever, you know? We would go home at night, and uh, the duplex where the neighbor was having a party, and I just so happened. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the neighbor's, yeah, neighbor's place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, yeah. By the way, you remember... Being neighborly, that's all right. You just be <laughs> saying hello. Hey, what type of representative would I be of the Mountaineers if I didn't go and say hello to the gathering that was happening right next door to my house? I'd be, I'd be rude if you take ten of your teammates with you. <laughs> ten. And then, uh, have the police come just to make sure everything is good. Everything's good. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it, Coach. I would like to break some news to you. Uh, that meeting the next day, the emergency meeting the next morning after uh, you know a couple guys who were very talented, and very good, got arrested. Uh, in a very unfortunate, which by the way, was not at my house or the neighbor's house. That uh-huh. was elsewhere. But uh, the emergency meeting that happened the next morning, you know, yeah. I knew it was not good. Okay. So, <laughs> that- not good. Teammate comes in, wakes me up. I'm on the couch. They wake me up. They're like, uh, we got a meeting. I was like, when? They're like, right now. I'm like, I thought we weren't supposed to be until noon. They're like, emergency meeting, check your phone or whatever. I'm like, oh, fuck. So, we get, <laughs> I didn't know what had happened. Right. I just woke up. So, I didn't even know what had happened yet. I go in and, um, Obviously, we go we go into the meeting and, and Coach Stewart, rest in peace. By the way, what a legend of a man! He yes. uh, he calls me over uh, before we get in the team meeting. He goes, 
where were you last night, Patrick? And I go, well, I was at my house. I was at my house. He was like, you were at your house last night at 11.30, midnight, after curfew? I was like, I was at my house. I, you, can, you can ask anybody. I was at my house. And he was like, all right, somebody is going to get in some shit. I just want to let you know, good luck in there, basically, is what Coach Stu said to me. And we go in there, and you had that meeting, and you had the senior stand up. Do you remember you had the senior stand up? And then you had the GAs were all standing up too, the coaches were standing up. And you were like, whenever you're making these decisions, you're fucking these guys, final round or whatever. All those dudes were at the party. <laughs> oh, every, single one, every single one of them. The GAs. Now I thought on the truth. They lied to me. <laughs> all the coaches were there too. Even the police that escorted you during games, they were at the oh, one. They were that. the ones that were actually putting. That was, hey, whenever we, I know a lot of bad things happened afterwards, but when you talk about like pretty monumental parties i think in the history of morgantown we had a rapper performing in the front yard at like midnight the cops shut down the block i mean it was amazing pat dude you're you're expected all your listeners and your crew there to believe you can't piss down my back and tell me <laughs> Uh, keep selling that story brother keep selling it. all right all right well I mean, it was a uh that that party was fucking awesome but and i forget exactly what i was going to go to because we got into that but um did you the year before you went to michigan you almost went to alabama and it was on it was on espn it was on ESPN, the whole thing. They had your face on there. I think they even had like a, I think they even had the old Bear Bryant hat on your head at one point Ooh. on ESPN, you know. Wow, and, yeah. <laughs> when you Listen, I'm responsible. I'm partly responsible for Alabama winning six national championships. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know and they hired Nick Saban, the greatest of all time. But no, it was, yeah, I didn't, uh, it was, uh, it was a unique opportunity. Obviously, like how stupid is this guy, right? But I knew what we had coming back at West. Virginia and at the time West Virginia we were better uh than them now obviously what Nick has done there is just second to none but you know that wasn't an easy decision certainly because Alabama's Alabama but uh how close I didn't were you back at it twice how close were you real question because I think the rumors that got to the players about that because we had a meeting that morning as well after the ESPN thing we had a meeting uh that you called team meeting or whatever and we were going in there. We we assumed it was about the thing we saw on ESPN last night. And then yeah. you you come in there, okay? You bring your family in there, and you're up in the front, and there's media in there, and you like took your time for a little bit. And it was basically like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. Like I'm not leaving. Basically, it was it was like it was like one of those situations. It really was. And we rem- I remember all of us looking around, going like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then <laughs> the meeting was. You cut the meeting. It was basically just like that. And we were all just like, what the hell? We have no idea what just happened. I think we went to either lunch or a workout. And then there was a bunch of rumors that like, uh, that we were being told. And obviously, once something starts in a locker room, it just goes. So who knows who brought it in? But the, the rumor was you didn't know if you wanted to take the Alabama job or not while you were coming into the meet, like maybe an hour before the meeting. Oh. Yeah, this, this ain't just so much drama bullshit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was awesome. I want to let you know when it was going around, it was awesome because I thought about you going. Yes. I thought so about much you. drama. Hey, it was just. Uh, I, I, I hold on, coach. I was off for the job, coach. Hold on. I thought of you. Okay, like walking into that team meeting, just being like, "Fucking, I'm staying here." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that massive of a decision. Like that. That was what we started doing. Like we were like, imagine coach or Rich Rod just walking in and going. All right, I'm fucking staying. And then <laughs> going up, to, like we thought you were like that savage of a dude to do that. Was that? That's yeah, not. I should have. Yeah, yeah, if you... I would have thought of that, I would have. <laughs> yeah. Was it close I mean, though? It How was, close? Oh, I, was, I mean, it was 
I had a couple meetings with him. I had a meeting with him in New York. They had offered the job, but uh, I said, "Listen, I'm." The, I didn't never told him I was coming. I never hinted that I was coming, and how that got there, who knows? But certainly, when I got back to West Virginia. We had some, you know, uh, a lot of people that said, "Coach, we're going to step up even more," because I wanted some facilities improvements, stuff for the staff, and some promises were made. And I'm like, "This is great," and so, you know, I I didn't go there, and and uh, most. Some of the things that they promised, some of them they did, but a year later, some of the things that were promised weren't done. But nonetheless, uh, I didn't regret it at all at the time, and uh, I was glad to be able to be with you guys one more year. Did you think at all whenever the Michigan job came because of how it ended there with 13-9? I mean, I had worst game of my life. It was not a good night. Worst night of my life probably. You know, and that game, it just you know pisses us all off because people say, I mean, we didn't play well. I didn't coach well. It was a bad, It was the worst night well. of my football football life but that had nothing to do at all with any coaching decisions certainly not the michigan thing so that pisses me off and people say well that get you know if anything else i wanted to come back win an extra championship to prove that well that's what happen. i that's what i wanted to say though was there ever a thought like you know what i got a guy still in pat who knows if steve's coming back but we got noel coming back like we we still got it we got a was. we got a that was a huge part of it that's why i was i was so torn and you know had been like the things that was promised the year before, had they delivered all of that, like they said, yeah. and the $50,000 for the system, have they not just, the, the, again, this young, the new, young new administration, when it just dismissed it and said, listen, we've done all we can for you, take it or leave it. I'm like, I'm trying to win a national championship here. And uh, what I'm fighting for obviously helps me, but it, more than anything, it helps our program. It helps uh, West Virginia, and so that was the frustrating part about all that. As yeah, some, you're right. We we I think the program was in good shape for sure. When as, we left. as somebody who you know, if somebody disrespects me, I will hold it against them forever. I could see how. A, whenever you're told something's going to happen and we continue to produce the way we produce. I mean, that was a, I mean, that's the, the golden era of Mountaineer football. I mean, Pat won five bowl games. If you count the senior bowl, two of them being BCS. I mean, it's just that run there. I could see how fine. Like here we are on January 13th, uh, 2021. And I think I fully understand why you wanted to slap them in the mouth and say, I'm out of here. I can, and also it's Michigan too. I mean, there's billionaires that are just strolling out of cafes up there. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole different world. But it, yeah, that, that was a frustrating part because we had built it. I said, we, everybody, the players, coaches, staff, the fans all have built it to this point. And I would have taken one more step. So not only could we win it, but we could stay there where we were at. Cause we were in a pretty good spot. My gosh, it was, so that was disheartening a little bit. That wasn't the only reason, but that was the main reason why I'm like, okay, gosh, Michigan's got a brand name. I'll just take that same kind of culture and, and bring it there. And then it, that culture took a couple of years to take hold and <laughs> didn't have enough time to finish it. But nonetheless, it was, it was a move you make and you live and move on. And now I'm at a point where, you know, it's uh, I get an opportunity to coach my son, my daughter, and I are doing podcasts. But you got to come, come be up visit on the Hard Edge Football Podcast. Would love and then, to uh, get to coach and ball a little bit. You, um, the final thing before I and I can't thank you enough for your time here, man. I really look forward to this. And I knew that I didn't know which time when it should happen. You getting a new job, I think it was just the perfect timing. So I appreciate you doing this. Your offense, um, you know. What's what, how Mummy mm -hmm. had the air raid offense, right? He's uh, the father of the air raid offense. This spread offense, though, that is all over 
college and the NFL right now. Now, granted, there are air raid pieces in the NFL, but there's a lot of spread. That's kind of like, I, I don't want to speak out of pocket here, but were you one of the founders of that? Was that your offense? How did? How is what you're seeing right now all over the place, you think, has been influenced by an offense you created at, I forget what small school it was. It was it's at Glenville State. You know, they say that necessity is a mother invention. Well, 30 years ago or 25 years ago, and I was coach at Glenville State, it was a perfect job to take because they were 0-10, year four got there, and got <laughs> shut out seven times. And so we get a first down and got a standing ovation. I'm like, shit, this is the best place in the world. <laughs> So at the time, I'm like, okay, blanks late. What are we going to do? And and I always, as a defense, I was a defense guy before then. I'm like, okay, I'm a coach offense. What's the hardest offense to defend? It always seemed like anytime somebody went in their two-minute drill, they, they would go up and down the field. I'm like, why don't they do that the whole game, right? So I thought, okay, Glenville, we're going to be something unique. We're going to go no huddle, shotgun, uh, and then go two-minute drill the whole game. And that's, that was the birth of this type of offense. Then the zone read came a couple years into that, some of the other stuff that we're doing. And here 25 later, years later, we've tweaked it a lot. We've done some different stuff, but the base of it started out of necessity at Glenville State. And it's been neat. The NFL was the slowest to change, to get guys in the gun, do some athletic quarterback type of stuff, some zone read stuff. But now you see it uh, both on Saturdays and Sundays, which is kind of neat. Well, ULM 0-10, I'm assuming they did get shut out a couple times. Can't <laughs> wait to see the standing O you get down there. Uh, thanks for joining us, Coach. I appreciate you. Thanks, Pat. Keep it to us. Appreciate it. Proud of you, bud. Hey. Go dominate down there. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Rodriguez. His cops were not at the party. (laughs) No, they weren't. Showed up later. He was right. The cops cops were not at the party. He ever get tossed from a game or no? Who, him? Yeah. I don't know how. He almost, oh, fuck. He almost fought. There was a guy down at USF. He used to run sprints before the game. The Bulls. Blonde-haired guy. I forget his name. Anyway, I think him and uh, him and Coach Rod potentially had a couple moments where we thought he, they were going to fight. Damn. I, we were pumped. Yeah. 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 We were Because we I think the guy was a pretty big guy, and he did some stuff. I don't know if they ever did or, or if we were just re- misreading the situation, but there were some exchanged words, if you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Whatever yeah. And we're like, oh, my God, this guy has no idea. Rich Rod is about <laughs> yeah. to pummel him. Rod's on the goddamn stair stepper every single morning, like 5.30 a.m., just going as high, maybe two Eiffel Towers <laughs> yeah. and then coming back down. Every, he was just, he is so, he was a very, very intense guy. Yeah. But he is hysterical. If you can add hilarity with intensity, that's what practices were. And there were some moments where you're scared to death, like what's going on. But then whenever you recount it, it's like, oh, my God, that was one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard said at that moment. What's up? I might, maybe Jim Levitt was the coach yeah. down there. You're- yeah. Yeah. Was he younger whenever we were at there? At the time, yeah. And he wore the visor with the spiky hair out Blonde of the top. Hair, yeah. I believe him and coach had a, a couple. And then him and uh, rest in peace, I believe, Maryland coach, uh, Ralph. Freegian. Freegian. Oh, yeah. I believe they had a hilarious interaction as well after one game. So those were both after the game they almost fought? Yeah. That- I don't know if they're after or before. The Ralph one, I think, was after. The Levitt one was maybe before. I forget. But obviously, whenever you're winning a bunch, yeah, and you know what I mean? Like, there's teams that are not going to be exactly thrilled with you. Especially, I don't know how. I would love to hear what Coach Rod says to other coaches, by the way, because yes. he probably drops a chest shit talk in mm-hmm. the middle of, uh, if I had to guess. To a ref. To, yeah. To, <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's wild that he's talking about that West Virginia wouldn't give him 50000 for his coaches. All of them. Yeah. Not one coach. 
I looked it up. That Alabama's coaching staff between all of them is $7.75 million. But AJ just talked about it the other day how Fickle's losing his coaching staff because of bigger scores offering to pay them more money. Rich Rod, West Virginia, Fickle, Cincinnati seems like it's a very similar situation there. We always heard that there was like a – yeah, very similar, by the way. And watching those Cincinnati teams, I think that is why I was so akin to yeah. them because it felt like they were kind of like us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by the way, our first game against the SEC was Georgia in a bowl game. Now, granted, ours was a BCS game. This one was not. Damn. So I saw them winning that game. It's like, okay, here we go. This is literally the exact same squad. Got an athletic quarterback who's very good. Yeah. It seems to have a defense that hums a little bit. They seem to like each other a lot. And Fickle's a great head coach. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you're. It, it's – hey, don't let history repeat it. Self Bearcats. Yeah. You're all Cincinnati's got. The Bengals stink. Come on. <laughs> True. Fucking sub them out, dude. Get them some money down there. So you didn't know about that $50,000 thing? No, no. We had no idea. We heard that there was a potential conversation behind the scenes with him he, him and either the athletic director or the president, but I didn't know that it was just that. Like, I had no idea it was like that. Wow. But the, the only thing we had was we had a hell of a fucking team who had still another year. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We had another year. So a lot of us were like, no matter what was happening behind the scenes, you have to come back. But now that I'm an adult, like, if I was just, hey, listen, I just put your fucking university. Yeah. Okay, I put this university, the, the school that I went to, on the goddamn map. I would like to help out the boys a little bit. I would like to do some other things. They're like, we've done all we can. It's like, <laughs> mother, really? hey, fuck you. How about, yeah. how about that? How if, about- if you think about 50K is what, two kids' tuitions or maybe one quarter of ticket sales? At a game. Or, or, by the way, you can just, you know, fake the um, the admission price yep. just for one year, and it's probably one person. I was going to say, I feel like finding 50K really isn't <laughs> yeah. that difficult in the college football no. program, especially one that's winning BCS bowl games. And I'd assume that he could. So I think that's why Rich Rod was like, you could do this. Yeah. You're choosing not to. Is this how this is going to be forever? And Michigan goes, but boy, we were confused. I was like, <laughs> like, bro, come on, bro. I got, I'm getting death threats right now. Can we come back and win this thing? <laughs> I mean, so sorry to interrupt, dude. Like, so, so sorry. Apologies. The conversation was going there. It really was. You know? Mm-hmm. And here we go, interrupting it like this. Got to pay the bills. What we're interrupting it with is something that matters, though. Oh, yeah. Are you the best version of you that you could possibly be, you think? Definitely not. Does your skin, hair, anything else really that revolves around men's health, is it at its highest that it could possibly be? I mean, it could probably be better. And that's the thing about it is there's a company out there that's a men's health brand mm-hmm. that is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Okay, they are unbelievable. And that is Roman. Roman is a men's health brand that makes you and wants you to be the best version of you possible. Your hair fuller, your skin brighter, anything else you have going on, they want to take care of you. And they want to do it in a fashion that is most affordable. But it's not just skin. It's not just hair. It's not just everything like that. It's also whenever you go in and you go to do the lovemaking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The men's health brand wants to be your tag team partner and being the best you in all facets of your life. And did you know? That if you are somebody who uh, doesn't have sex for as long as you would like, and we're not saying you go quick, hey, hey, maybe you just don't go as long as you want to go. Yeah. Maybe your sex life, you want it to go long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. You want to put on a show in there. You need to tag team partner with our friends at Roman with the Roman Swipes. I love Roman Swipes. These things show up at your door in discreet packaging. Nobody knows that you have a tag team partner that's small enough to fit in your back pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Nobody will even know that you have it. Then whenever it's time to, you know, do the deed. Mm-hmm. When it's time to sling some salami. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know? Whenever you're out there with your bologna about to really make a sandwich mm-hmm. and it's time to go, why don't you do it for a long, long time, Ty? You pull out the Roman swipe, okay? You rub it on your tool, mm-hmm. your baby maker, yep. your magic stick, yes. your dipstick, mm-hmm. your how's it going, how you doing, keep it moving, pleasure town, here we come stick, mm-hmm. okay? You rub it on there, it'll dry quickly. It'll not transfer to your partner, and it is scientifically proven to make you last longer in bed. Bologna sandwich, extra mayo. Long time making it. We can't thank Roman enough. And right now you can get free two-day shipping on your Roman swipes. Get them in time for Thanksgiving next weekend. Get them in time for the holiday season. Stock up on these things for the winter because I do believe we're getting locked back down. Looks like it. In a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So you know what time it is? Why not just have a little bit of a sex fest? Might as well. (laughs) Go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Free two-day shipping on these Roman swipes. You will love them and so will she or he. Have a time of your life behind the closed doors with our friends at Roman Roman Swipes and also make yourself the best you possible uh, with everything else that the men's health brand has for you. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Back to the show. Joining us now, by the way, had to write these down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Laundry list. Laundry list. It is a thick list Mm -hmm. of accomplishments. Man who is still being referred to today when comparing incredibly gifted athletes of all sports. Ladies and gentlemen, this man's in the Hall of Fame. He was an NFL MVP, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, obviously the Offensive Rookie of the Year, 10-time All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler in a 10-year career. (laughs) He won the Heisman. He's the four-time NFL Rush Yards leader, and he is here to represent for Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares sweepstakes where people are going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Sanders. How's it going, man? Wonderful. How are you doing? Hey, you know, I'm really... I saw your name on the sheet that we were talking today. Uh, Until I just saw my face next to yours, I don't think I I fully understood. We're interviewing like... uh, a goat, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Really appreciate that. Hey, man, it's great to see you too. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for having me. Hey, no problem. Let's talk real quick. I just read off your list of accomplishments. Uh, I would assume uh, all of those kind of ring true. Uh, but the Lions not winning a Super Bowl when you were there or doing anything. Is that the only regret of your entire career? Do you have any regrets at all? Because look at this. Ten-year career, ten-time All-Pro, ten-time Pro Bowl. That's called success, right? That, <laughs> that's batting a thousand right there. Is there any regrets at all in anything that you've done in your football? life no hey look I, I certainly feel like i missed out on that experience pat i mean ever since i became interested in the game as a kid i understood how big it was to play in a super bowl um and uh and you know just the fact that i ended up being able to be fortunate enough to play in the nfl uh then you you realize that um how precious it is um that a lot of great players play this game uh, and that's one of those things where, hey, look, it's, there's no guarantees uh, when, it, when it comes to that. And you have to earn your way there. Your, your team has to earn its way there. Uh, we got close, um, you know, but like they say, close but no cigar. Um, and uh, But I can't, you know, if I to say regrets, I don't know if I call it a regret. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wish there's something I could have experienced. Um, but uh, just one of those, those those things that happened in, in this game. That was the poor phrasing on my part. I didn't mean regret, but like the only no, thing that didn't. I, I mean, you win the Heisman. I mean, you win the MVP, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, it is just you were you were the guy every single time you stepped onto a football field. It is incredibly awesome to be talking with you. Um, here we are, 23 years later, basically, right? Is that 97? When was last year? 90, when was your last year? Right, 22, 23 years. Yes, 22, yes. 23 years later. Anytime somebody does something that is just incredibly athletic on a football field, the the early comparisons are this guy kind of looks like Barry Sanders, won't be Barry Sanders, but kind of looks like Barry Sanders. That has to feel pretty good. And has there ever been somebody that they said this guy is kind of like Barry Sanders where you're like, you know what, I do believe that guy is similar to how I play? No, you know what, Pat, that's always a huge honor, honestly, um, because I remember growing up watching the game and, and following different players and and trying to go out in my in my front yard or whatever uh, and imitate guys like Marcus Allen or Tony Dorsett, um, you know, or Gail Sayers or Walter Payton or whoever. Um, and so the fact that people see me in that same way is is absolutely amazing honor. And, and uh, it's so, sort of a way that my career has been able to live on. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great, great running backs that, that have come along, um, you know, and that sort of, uh, you know, have so, sort of similar similar attributes, um, you know. And, and so for me, it's always been, you know, high praise. What was it about? You were so good. I mean, you were, what was it? Your, <laughs> was it your training? Like, did you have insane training routines? Was it uh, your football IQ? What do you think it was that that really led to the success you had on the field? Well, I think, Pat, I think it was a lot of things, but um, I always had that chip on my shoulder of that kid who wasn't recruited uh, very highly and, and um, who coaches doubted. Um, and so I always, I was always serious about training and I was always serious every time I stepped on the field because I, I knew it was a, it was a huge honor um, to play in this game um, and to play running back, you know, after being a kid who, well, you know, Pat, I'm that I'm that young man who used to draw football men. Um, oh. You know, I don't know how good my artwork was, but <laughs> it was just something. It was just something that I used to do, just because I loved the game and had that passion. Um, you know, and so I think it, it was a combination of things. Um, you know, but every time I stepped on the field, it was it was serious business, and and uh, it was a big honor. Everybody talks about how you retired early. You know, how you retired young. How you could have still played at a very high level. I also retired after a Pro Bowl year. Uh, never gets talked about. But um, everybody still references it to this day that you still had a lot of years left. What What exactly, What for me, let me tell you, now I'm nowhere near what you are, okay? But I, once I reached uh, like the top, I think, I, I think I, I don't think there was anybody doing what I did better. I realized the amount of work that it, if I wanted to maintain there, what it would take, the amount of focus, the amount of tension, the amount of mental, uh, basically everything in my life would have to be towards kicking a ball. And I got to the point where I was content with what I did in the football world, with what I gave back to the game. And I thought if somebody else was to do how I would have to do it, if I wanted to do both off the field business and on the field business, I'd be disrespecting the position. I honestly thought that. Like I was like, if you're in the NFL, you should be a full focus on it. I don't want to do that. So for me, there was a lot of things that went into play. For you, I forget the exact reasons that have been rumored on why. Was there was there a part of like you were content with your football life 
what was the exact thought of retiring early whenever you, everybody on earth who watched you play every single week said you still had many years left if you wanted to? Well, for me, Pat, it was just one of those things where after 10 years, I, I realized that that drive and, yeah. and that determination, um, that fire, you know, to continue to be a player wasn't there in the same way. Um, and I had experienced everything but the Super Bowl, um, you know, and, and so um, so for me, it really came came down to those things um, that, uh, you know, after having a, a wonderful career that I, I could step away, um, that there was really no more to prove, um, you know, and, and that I, I had a great run. I, I think that's probably one reason why I was able to step away because I had um, experienced such a great career. Um, you know, so some some of those things are really why I was able to retire when I did. You still got it? You, you got some quick moves, man. I was about to say, about to say you still got it? You still got a little wiggle, huh? Still got a little? Maybe very little. Very little. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live now, Barry? I live in Michigan. Oh, you're still up in Michigan? I live in Michigan, outside Detroit. Yep. Okay, you're a part of the council, I believe, if if our intel is telling us right, that is maybe an independent or third-party group that helps people hire GMs and coaches and everything like How did you get involved with that? And uh, do you enjoy that process? And are the Lions, okay, are the we have a diehard Lions fan in here in Evan Fox. Sorry, Barry. I mean, you, better, you better have one. There you go. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, Barry, there's a lot larger story here we could tell you about Foxy's fanhood. No, let's skip that. Okay. But we'll get anyway. into it next time. We'll get into it next time. <laughs> I don't know if he would ever want to. With you, no. he might cry if the story got to him. Yeah, but anyways, um, he's a diehard Lions fan. And it's like Jim Caldwell was there having success now. And then it's almost like pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. It's whenever you just want a little bit greed. Like, okay, we, we think we're here now. We want to go a little bit more. And then it's obviously taking a turn back, which is automatically reminding everybody of the last, you know, 100 years with the Lions of this whole thing. Uh, um, whenever you're giving advice on who should be a GM or a coach, and I would assume you take that job very serious, what are you looking for? What type of coach or, or GM do you think in, in Detroit would have success? How do we get the Lions, you know, Barry? How do we get the Lions to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love it, man. Well, hey, hey, look, there must be a way. Okay. Right? First off, there must be a way uh, to get, get this done. But, you know, what, what happened with, with this particular situation, Pat, is the, is, um, the, the new owner, uh, Sheila Ford Hamp, you know, she just said uh, she's going to have uh, Chris Billman kind of lead the charge. Um, you would with a few others, and and uh, and that Chris could reach out to me and just kind of bounce ideas off of me. I, I've I've spoken with him, but um, but really he's the guy. You know, obviously he's been around the game many years as a as a um, commentator, um, and when you're commentating, obviously you really have to to know the ins and outs of the personalities, coaches and players and what have you. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously um, also as well, Chris's brother is a, is a general manager who's been in, been so in the league for many years. So, so that's kind of the, the situation we're in. Um, I, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm heavily involved in making that decision <laughs> 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 in making that decision. And I'm not trying to pass the buck obviously, uh, but, but Chris, Chris uh, and Sheila, are the ones who are going to going to decide that? Um, yeah, I don't want to take too much credit, but I, to some degree, I am involved in the process. Like I said, I've spoken to Chris, and he has a good process of going about it. He understands, like I said, the personalities um, in the in the pro game as well as the college game. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, and he's he's looking at um, mm -hmm. you know all possibilities and options, and 
one thing I know about Chris, he's a tough competitor. Uh, he loves the game. He, nov- he, lo- he loves the Lions. Um, you know, he understands the game. And so I, I think we're in good hands as far as uh, who's searching for a new coach. Diehard Lions fan, kind of Evan Fox. <laughs> Barry, back in 91, he led the Lions to their only playoff win in Super Bowl era. Uh, what was the city like after that? Because I saw the highlights in the Silverdome, and I thought the place was going to explode. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, it was so electric, man. It was so electric and, and so fun. And, and I just assumed that I'd play in several um, NFC championship games and have a chance to play in several Super Bowls. And, uh, but that particular year, yeah, I mean, everything just kind of came together. Um, you know, and it's re- almost kind of really hard to put your, your arms around what, what was that thing that happened? Um, Michael, Mike Utley being injured, um, you know, was a big motivation for us. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the closest we came. Um, um, you know, we had, we had some, some, a good run of, uh, playoff appearances and things like that. Um, you know, and it's just interesting that we, we beat a, a up and coming Dallas team that went on to win three Super Bowls. Uh, in 91 and and you would you would have thought that we would have had a chance to at least sneak in there and win one but there's some incredible teams when you, when you look back at it who who won the Super Bowl when I played in the 90s uh, really really kind of historic um, dynasty type teams won Super Bowls and so for that reason I don't feel as bad for not winning one um, <laughs> but uh, you know so that, that that's how it is well the thing about Detroit is uh, not only the Lions but also I think the Red Wings have gotten invited back into the NHL too, yep. so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Come on now, what are we saying here, Barry? They weren't even they weren't even invited to the game last year. They weren't even invited to the bubble. They were say, they said stay in Detroit, don't even come. <laughs> you guys, we'll get you guys up to the NHL back next year. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. But hopefully, I think the Lions fans, and I do mean this. They deserve it. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're seeing the Cleveland fan base right now, right? And obviously, they don't get a chance to be in the streets or anything like that. Having a blast, Lions fans deserve it. And I would, I would argue that many Lions fans probably say, hasn't been since Barry Sanders put on the fucking uh-huh. uniform that we've yeah. been worth a damn. So I hope it happens, Barry. I do hope it happens. But, uh, you know, the Red Wings, they stink. Right? <laughs> they stink. Connor, what do you have? Barry, another Lions legend that kind of stopped playing uh, during his prime was Calvin Johnson. Do you ever talk to him? And, or, and also, do you ever see him kind of coming back to the Lions and helping uh, the organization out the way you do? You know, I, I, I haven't um, – I don't see Calvin often. And, um, and so I've, I've bumped into him maybe once or twice since he retired. Um, and it, it, it would be great. If if he um, if he felt welcome to come back and and to do anything with the Lions, um, you know, and and I know through being through that, through sort of going through that experience, sometimes it, it just takes a little time um, for um, you know for one to just get away from it for a while and and mature and see things a different way and and what, whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I know that uh, I speak for the lions and saying he's he's certainly welcome and we hope that uh that that happens sooner rather than later um okay so you and calvin interesting situations right and we talk about a potential curse 
on the Detroit Lions organization, and it's the paying back of the signing bonus or whatever. Is that what you're referring to whenever you talk about growing older and kind of looking back and realizing, like, you know, okay, definitely not cool, and it seems like no other franchise probably would have done that. Andrew Luck actually got $25 million not to play from the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Irsay. But, like, (laughs) is that what you're talking about? Is that what you're referring to? Because if you, you could see how you and Calvin would be very pissed off about that, especially with you two being the two from the Detroit Lions organization. Well, it's never fun to have to write those large checks, but I, I can't speak for Calvin. Um, I know for me, it just it was just a matter of time and sort of time passing and, and enough perspective on the situation, um, realizing that um, you know I'm a I'm a lion for life, and and uh, and you know I probably could have I probably could have handled things different on my end as far as retiring, um, you know, and and so um, but. You know, after um, a certain number of years, you, you realize that, hey, look, you know, the Lions are my family, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and you, you move on. We, it were great memories. Um, I don't know how Calvin feels about that, but obviously he's, he's up for a Hall of Fame this year. And so he put up great stats. Um, people will always see him as a lion, um, you know, and eventually you, you just kind of put uh, differences aside and, and come together and. And um, and get past you know some of the differences you had in the past. Yeah, and hopefully the billionaires will give you guys your money back. But the um, <laughs> do you ever put your go- <laughs> <laughs> sorry I put you in that position there? But the um, you ever put the gold jacket on just walk around the house? <laughs> I would. Um, no, nah, I, I I normally just save that for special occasions. You know, so no, I don't I, I don't do that. Um, I would I wouldn't want to spill anything on it you know, or anything like that, or, or you know, um, I want, wouldn't want anything to happen to it. So it's just normally tucked away in a safe place until, until I'm asked to wear it somewhere. Man, could you imagine walking into a filled restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys got a seat? <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Ty, where you got? Barry, when, whenever you watch old highlights of you, it seems like you just never got tackled. You made guys look like idiots more times than not was was there anyone throughout your career who you felt like really had your number or was just like always you know when you went to play them you're like oh this this guy's gonna be up my ass all day no i i played against some just fantastic uh defenses and defensive players um and for me it was always exciting you know to to uh go to soldier field for instance and play against a reggie white um or go down to Tampa Bay and play against a John Lynch, uh, you know, or, or someone like that, um, you know, or Derek Brooks, um, you know, or or at the end of his career, Ronnie Lott. Um, you know, the list goes on. You know, guys like Steve Atwaters, um, you know, and and um, when I first came into the league, there were still a few players left from the, from the 85 Bears, Mike Singletary, um, Richard Dent, um, you know, Dan McMichaels. I mean, it, you know, the list goes on and on, man. I mean, my, my last game ever I played against Ray Lewis. Um, and so I think great players bring out the best in each other, um, you know, and they challenge you. And, and so um, there's a lot, you know, you see a lot of my highlights, but but uh, I certainly had a few low lights as well. Nah, nah, nah. Defense, uh-uh. I don't know. Great defensive players. But we, you're right. We don't have to talk about that. I, I agree with you, Pat. Hey, listen, I just, absolutely agree with you. Just like in music, only the bangers survive, boss. Okay? <laughs> only the bangers survive. There's some artists from back in the day. You hear a lot of like, 
Uh, for instance, I'm doing this now with the new uh, genre of music where I'm like, this song stinks. You guys are listening to it, yep. but that song won't survive. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that song will not survive. Like 10 years from now, there'll only be a few songs that survive because only the bangers survive. And that's in sports. Only the highlights survive, boss. Yeah, that, is, yeah. that is good news. I, I do wish you were able to play during the social media era, though, because I think the the memes and the amount of the attention the, to the things you did to other professional athletes would have garnered a lot of attention. That's, <laughs> that is kind of a bummer. Hey, let's talk about the Rocket Mortgage uh, Super Bowl Squares sweepstakes that you're representing here. A lot of winners, okay? It's the world's biggest Super Bowl Squares game. Whoa! Yes! There's a lot of Squares games on the Super Bowl. Yes, oh, yeah. This is the world's biggest, Barry. Wow! Doesn't cost a dime to play, and you can gain way more Wayne. Is that is that supposed to be Wayne? Wayne? Is that a word? Probably not. I'm guessing. It's Wayne's not. a word. I'm Wayne. sorry. I just, you just saw me not be. <laughs> There's a reason. I'm not supposed to have this job, but I have it, Barry, so I don't really understand. <laughs> Anyways, doesn't cost a dime to play, and you can gain way more than in your normal squares games at your neighborhood Super Bowl party. With every score change, Absolutely. TD, extra point, two-point conversion, field goal safety, one $50,000 winner is picked randomly from the appropriate square. A $500,000 winner is picked at the end of the first half, oh. and another $500,000 winner at the end of the game. Last year, in the first year of the sweepstakes, $1.75 million in prizes was handed out to 15 lucky winners. Wow. To enter, go to rocketmortgagesquares.com and is open now through February 4th. $1.75 million in prizes last year. I assume it's only going to go up this year. Rocketmortgagesquares.com. Are you playing? I'm personally not playing. I wish I could. <laughs> uh, oh, you're Pat, not, you're not I wish I could. But it's, Obviously, it's a great game. We're giving away a lot of cash. You, you pretty much Hit uh hit all the points you know every time the score changes fifty thousand uh, dollars last year was a great success um, you know like you said you gave we gave away um, one point seven five million to fans and we're looking for a great uh, high scoring game we got some great quarterbacks and offenses uh, in the playoffs as well still um, and so hopefully we'll have a chance to give away a lot of cash and like you said go to rocketmortgage.com find out more about it there is. A lot of offense left in the in the oh, playoffs. Yeah. Ah. A lot of offense. We're talking about maybe two million dollars in total prizes given. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's only going to go up. It's only going to go up. Wow. Go to RocketMortgageSquares.com. It's open until February fourth. Hey, Legend, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Pat. No, thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Why don't you go give a little motivational speech to the Red Wings? NHL starting this <laughs> yeah. year. Maybe they should play a little bit, Barry. Stop on down there. I may just do that, man. I may just do that. <laughs> Watch the protocols, though. Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Sanders. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion and Super Bowl champion, A.J. Hall. Yeah! Oh, my God! Yeah! Yeah! A.J., how's it going, pal? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So I'm telling you, man, something's up. It just froze the second you came on. Oh, oh, Tanking the goddamn show, isn't he? Every single day. Same shit, different day. Every day. God damn it. Takes the show, okay, picks it up, throws it on the ground, stomps on it, scoots it away, and then then blends up. Hey, you guys, guys, your show stinks. (laughs) You think I like it? I don't know when it freezes up, but you guys just have these weird looks on your face when I'm in the middle of talking. I don't know what's going on. If it means anything, you and Rich Rodriguez have the same internet. It was happening to him as well. So two out of the three calls today have had a similar situation. So we appreciate you battling through like you seem to do every fucking day. It never happens with anybody else. But uh, AJ, 
Uh, great to have you, pal. We really appreciate it. Talking to Barry Sanders, that guy. Now, granted, you never played against Barry Sanders, but uh, what did, all I see is highlights. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel bad because what he was saying, how only people see highlights of him. I have only seen highlights of that guy. I really don't. But that has to be what? Top of the list for toughest guy to tackle in the history of the NFL, Barry Sanders? Yeah, especially on that old school Detroit turf. Can you imagine trying to stop? Like that dude could stop and start anywhere on the field. So, yeah, I. What year did he retire? 97. Yes, I remember watching him a little bit, I think, as a kid. But, yeah, I've seen the highlights five million times. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He was really cool. And then my college coach, Rich Rodriguez, was on. He just took a gig. You watch that? I had I had to when I heard you had Rich Rod. I, I went oh, just right before this. I watched it all. It was amazing. Uh, Barry Sanders retired in '99. There's a fact yeah. check. I lied. Oh. I, I got it wrong right to his face. Jeez. <laughs> you were there. He corrected you. Oh, yeah, 22, 22. yeah, yeah. He did. The, he did try to correct me, <laughs> but I, he just thought I did the math wrong. Rich Rod, him going down to ULM. Those kids in that locker room have no clue what's coming in. I mean, those kids, they won 0 10 last year, right? They probably just lose games just walking in that locker room. Well, there's another one, boys. What are we doing tonight? <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Just a little heads up. Just a couple years ago, Ole Miss, Mississippi State Egg Bowl. I, I got to call it alongside Matt Hasselbeck, Adam Amin, and Molly McGrath. Um, and the coaches were literally one glass pane away utilizing the same – uh, like shelf that we had, right? Mm-hmm. So they were just on the other side, of, and it was Rich Rod, right? Like Rich Rod and I were less than two feet away for that entire game because I was in the corner and there was a window. the The blinds were completely shut, so I couldn't see in there, but I could hear, you know. Like, and I, I heard a couple. Oh, my ass! Like I, I heard like a couple while I was calling the game. I heard college happening through the other side. Kicker misses extra point, if you do recall, after wide receiver mm-hmm. pisses on the field, 15-yard penalty. So that's how they lose, okay? He misses that kick. I heard I heard Coach Rod in there. I heard him. Yeah. He was hitting the thing. I mean, it was – and he hit he hit the thing one time, and it rattled my phone. I saw it. I was like, oh, shit. And I even, like, told the guys. I'm like, yo, yo, he, it, something's going down right here. Then I, I heard him pick up his stuff and walk out. And his next stop was that locker room. So that kid that pissed on the field, yeah. I don't know if he was very upset about losing, but he should have been. And if he wasn't, that was going to – Rich Rod's going to go into ULM, and I don't know what their over-under is on wins next year. Let's go ahead and assume it's the over. And then the next year after that, let's assume it's the over for that. I'm pumped that he's back in the coaching. I mean, he – I mean, this, this guy. This guy. Good Lord. Do, do we know, deserve this? I mean, he thinks it's fun in games. Sabotaging but it's the show. Yeah, he yes. thinks this is cool. We talked about hockey. We already tried to sabotage the show enough. We don't need him <laughs> fucking doing yeah. this. What's he going to come back and talk about the NBA? I mean, this guy. It's unbelievable. Uh, we'll talk to him about Andre Johnson talking about Cal McNair and Jack Easterby ruining the Texans. We'll talk about Chuck Pagano retiring. In Chuck Pagano's retirement, he basically said, like, hey, he loves coaching, but it takes you away from your family a lot. So Chuck's going to do a little family time. He is a coach, though. So let's. I mean, his wife is an incredible person. His family is awesome. I'll be excited to see one year from now, two years from now, mm. if he doesn't get back into mm-hmm. consulting or advising because coaches just kind of have that in their body. 
But he could go and do whatever he wanted and make a lot of money. I'm happy for him. Uh, seven minutes into hour three here. We have Cole Beasley uh-huh. joining us Let's in eight go. minutes. Hopefully that tech, uh, I assume Cole Beasley will have respect for the yeah. show. Yeah, his, his internet will be fine. We'll see about AJ. It's a work day for the Buffalo Bills, uh-huh. right? I mean, they are currently working. They have a game this weekend. Uh, congrats to the Bills for that. We'll see if they have any respect for the show mm-hmm. and, and have good internet up yeah, there. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, it's probably 45 inches of snow, which is interesting because Lamar Jackson, Ooh. Lamar Jackson, Played at Louisville, okay, has been at the Ravens now for numerous years. He said in an interview yesterday that he's never played in snow. He doesn't know what that is. Is that real? Was he trolling? And this weekend could be the first weekend he plays in snow. Is that something we should take into account whenever we're betting? I think it's something we should think for about. Sure. Now, I, Lamar's played in cold-ass games, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? And I think the cold affects you a lot more than the snow would unless it's really slick ball. But that is surprising to me, especially after, what, three years of Louisville or four mm-hmm. years of Louisville? And then now at Baltimore, almost a decade of playing in two cities that do get cold as shit, and it does have snow. I mean, there's snow in Texas, I think, yeah. just yeah. the other day. That's surprising to me. Should we think about it when we're betting that thing? Greg Roman said he's not worried about it. He's, he'd be much worried about it if it was sheets of rain. But, I mean, it's, it's only supposed to be 40% chance with, like, up to an inch or two. It's not going to be, like... Yeah, but Buffalo, dude. You never know. Yeah, yeah that, thing, that thing could come out there. You're talking every car on there got the chains on the wheels. Yeah. That, them, them folks up there? Well, we know Erie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They are waiting for Frosty to come down. <laughs> Numerous ones, just everywhere. Those sons of bitches love it up there. I would John, think snow would benefit them. Where Josh say. Allen play? Wyoming. 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 Yeah. yeah, he loves it too. Oh, yeah. over there. Uh-huh. What a perfect quarterback for Buffalo. Gonna though. help the Ravens. Cuts That's through it. the wind. You think it's going to help the Ravens? Yeah, because then they won't pass the ball as much. Josh, Allen's, the rock. Josh Allen's hands. Oh, are, well, the Bills, believe me, it benefits the Bills more than anything. But if the Ravens get away from the pass and they just, you know, we're just going to stick to the run because it's snowing. It's definitely going to be uh, beneficial for them. Ma- it might help them help yeah. themselves. Yes. Ah, because mm-hmm. they kind of stay focused on that thing. Bills-Ravens is a massive game to look for this weekend. I think it is the one. I mean, Bucks saints has kind of creeped in there. But Ravens-Bills, Ravens getting two points. Bills obviously favored by two at home. Lamar Jackson playing football like Lamar Jackson can play football. Josh Allen playing football better than we ever thought Josh Allen could play football. This game's going to be awesome. It's 8-15 game. All right, let's go ahead and have a prime time matchup. Woo! I'm excited for these two to go at it. And Cole Beasley, a large part of it, he's an all second-team All-Pro this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a rapper formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Big offseason news was he changed his number back to 11. Okay. Yeah, oh, huge. That was huge. Yeah, and he made, oh, he made yeah. all pro. Show. We'll talk to him in about five, ten minutes here. Uh, let's get some phone calls, shall we? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's get to some. Let's go to Austin and Cleveland. What's going on, Austin? What? Not much. How are you doing, Pat? Not too shabby, Austin. What do you want to talk about? Oh, I've been a West Virginia fan since uh, I've been about sixth grade when you were a freshman, and um, I wanted to get your take on what you think that program would be at if Rich Rye would have never left Michigan. Uh, that's very interesting because I think that next year we would have been in real conversations for things, a lot of chips on the shoulder. Uh, you would have never had to – probably wouldn't have went to the Big 12 if I had to guess. I would assume if he was in there, wouldn't have went to the Big 12. We would have maybe went to the Big 10 or the ACC. If we had another year of winning, I assume we would have been able to get in there. I don't know. It, it's always a lot of uh, – you know, looking back and wishing type thing. I, I could understand, though, him asking for 50 grand for his assistant coaches and him, hey, we've done everything we can for you, and him just mm-hmm. being like – 
fuck you. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> see you can see how that would be a, I got a, I got a program up here that'll spend $50,000 on a coffee if it tastes right. You know, mm -hmm. if, it, if it's going to win a game, we will do that. What's that type? Well, and it's tough to do that too, right? Because like, if you guys do win a national championship the year after, who's to say that he doesn't take the most high profile job that's Let's, available after that? You we know? win that 13-9 game against Pitt. We win a national championship that year. What happens? Yeah. yeah. You know, like what happened? Because we would have been in. What happens? That? I don't know. Probably there, gone either There's way. a lot of, Hey, AJ, did you hear when Rich Rod said that the, hey, by the way, welcome back. Great welcome to have back. you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Wow. It's wingered. So, oh, oh, my no. God. Yeah. And he still can't Are you get serious? it. And he still, still can't this? get it figured out. Son of a bitch. I don't know who, what Connor's been saying. Someone is oh, doing something. What I've Someone's been saying. Foxy, oh. please zoom out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, get no. Him. Get don't him. do it. Watch oh, your drink. No. Hockey time. <laughs> That's right! <laughs> <laughs> you get that on your slow speed internet? You want to ruin my show? That's what I do to your fucking Buckeye Heroes box, pal. What's the deal? Yeah. You should try it right-handed. See if it's, it's more powerful. <laughs> uh, did you hear Rich Rod talking about how he wanted 50 grand for his assistant coach's salaries and it was turned down? Like, how... How has that even happened? How is that something that was happening with where we were going? And now that I'm 33 in 2021, I think I finally fully understood why he decided to leave with the team that we had. Because I think he would have still got big jobs if we won. That's wild to think about, isn't it? Especially to think 50 grand spread out over what? 15 coaches? Like how many, how many people are getting a piece of that? I have no idea. But think about like Ohio State. If Urban Meyer or Ryan Day would go and be like, hey, there's this coach who's about to get plucked. We get 50 grand for that one coach. Ohio State would be like, yep, yep, excuse me. Sure. Let <laughs> me just go ahead and throw that in the bank account. Like, that's the difference. I would assume that's why you make that decision. Anyways, we have to pivot back to the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who was once a Dallas Cowboy, and now he's a Buffalo Bill, second team All Pro, changes number back to 11 this wow. past offseason. A massive piece to the Buffalo Bills success story has a massive game this weekend in prime time, ladies and gentlemen, Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Cole Beasley. Yeah! Thanks for having me, guys. Cole, I, I thank you for having good internet and respecting the show. I don't know where you're doing this internet or this interview from, but I appreciate you having respect for our show. Unlike the white that's next to you on the screen on the other side, what AJ Hawk. I don't know. It's the Buffalo Bills internet, so they're doing a good job. Where are you at? Are you in the locker room right now? Or are you in the practice? I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually in the indoor right now. We just right. finished practice, so this is the uh, this is the media room right here. Is somebody taking BP on the other <laughs> side of this thing? What the hell is going on over there, Cole? There's all kinds of stuff. This guy's working, man. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it really sounds like there's something weights. going on over there, Cole. Um, thank uh, that's, the, that's the jugs machine sounding like that. Oh, oh. getting that work. Hey, I like that. We like that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Sean McDermott culture that you guys have up there. Buffalo Bills organization has been very patient with it. Tyrod Taylor gets to the playoffs says, hey, we appreciate what you've done. We're going to move a different direction. You draft Josh Allen. His first year, not so great, but they say patient with it. We talked to general manager Brandon Bean before the season. We said, hey, was there any thought of a different quarterback or anything like that? He said, no, we're going all in on Josh Allen. This culture that you guys have built up there, what have you noticed? Congrats on all the success in the All-Pro, but what is it about that building you think that is going to be sustained success for the people of Buffalo for some time to come. That's really the biggest thing about this place and what makes it so special is, is the people and 
um, the family environment that McDermott set when we got here. Um, you know, the first thing Jeez. we did as new players when we got here, he gave us a chance to kind of get up at the front of the room, take pictures up of our family and kind of talk about what's important to us. So, you know, each guy could kind of get a connection with the new guys and, and just learn a little about everybody. I mean, he understands that when you create that bond and that relationship, you have people that you care about next to you and it makes you want to play so much harder for them. And that's, that's huge. It's hard to find that. How is he able to, uh, like, balance, I guess, being, not, you know, trying to not be a dictator, but then also letting you guys be individuals? Like, how is he able to hold guys accountable? It's a, it's a tough balance that all coaches can't seem to find. Uh, staying consistent and, you know, discipline is something we talk about all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to still be able to come to work and, and get things done, but also have fun at the same time. Um, you know, we're playing, we're playing a game that if you're not having fun playing it, it's, it's hard to be good at it, in, in my opinion. So, um, you know, we, the wide-out room, um, you know, we, we get our work done, but we have a good time all the time. I love spending time with the guys, and, you know, that love that you have for each other translates to the field. Oh, yeah. You guys got some WD-40 over there? <laughs> <laughs> Jogs Machine's getting a lot of work this year. That's good news. It's good news. The boys are back. Hey, you change your number to 11. You become second team all pro. What took so long? What are we doing? Why? Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's go. I know, man. Hey, well, the problem is other people vote for it. You know, if I, if I were voting, I would have made it a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, it just... I haven't had the, the numbers for, for any accolades like that. Um, that's kind of more what it what it's about. I mean, there's guys that don't have the numbers as other guys, but um, know who the good players are. But I mean, the population really doesn't, you know. What I mean? Unless they have those those kind of gaudy stats a little bit, and that's something that I, I've really lacked in my career because of the position I've been in and, and the type of offenses that I've been in. Um, just coming here and having opportunities and. and Dayball letting me do what I do well um, has been the biggest thing. Well, Cole, we appreciate you. We know it's a work day. Good luck this weekend. Congrats on the All-Pro. Uh, we can't wait to watch you continue to dominate, pal. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Keep singing, baby. Keep singing. I'll tell you what. One of the most just absolute... Just distracting sounds I've ever heard in, in my entire history of conversations. Ever. Were they shooting skeet in there? <laughs> Bro, the hell they do it in there? I feel like we probably could have had a pretty good conversation. I'm just, in the background, you go, you go it sounded like a guy had a bat and was just hitting a yeah. metal wall. What is going on? I like that they're getting it working, but could we have moved the guy? Yeah, to a press conference. Who that put the media? Uh, breaking news. Pretty big breaking news. Well, yeah, they need WD-40 fucking <laughs> jugs machine in Buffalo. The Rockets have traded James Harden to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Brooklyn's 2021 first-round pick. Oh, oh, Steve Nash in the Nets were just like, hey, listen, this guy's doing Zoom calls 10 minutes before our games are kicking off that he's not playing in strictly because yeah. he doesn't want to. Okay, let's go ahead and get him. Is James Harden out there? Is he playing? 
He looks like he's about 230. <laughs> Steve Nash's like, fuck, I can get him into shape. You ever <laughs> seen my, my Instagram commercials? I'm on, I'm in pants. Yeah. Yeah, but now we can get James Harden ready to go. So now we got James and Kevin Durant back together mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. They got Kyrie Irving, which Stephen A. Smith was calling for him to retire because he didn't like football, yeah. and amongst other things. James Harden about to shave up the beard. Oh, no. What's that? Uh-oh. Oh, he got that. Oh, he got that. to a goddamn break. Can't happen. Oh, oh, can't God. win with it. Oh, no. Everything I just said was wrong. <laughs> it would have been cool though if it was yeah, right. It would have been cool. Diggs just got it darn Schefter. Oh, it was God. It was at Ultra Weed Hater. Oh, I hate that. He got a cockiner. What was it doing on my timeline? Bro, my cockiner's just juju at me. <laughs> Oh, you got to get to a break, dude. Oh, damn. You take these next four minutes and really fucking look deep inside yourself. Box. This is Penalty an internet box. show. I'm going to oh. take a lap. Oh, more, more than, than that. <laughs> Man. Take the Back on the other side with some real loose. <laughs> you stopped the conversation. Yeah. You didn't check it. Is it the screen name? Was that, oh, is that the real off, screen man. name? <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know, I think we all have a better grasp that life is fragile. Yes, it is. You know, we have no idea what's coming down the road tomorrow, maybe minutes from now, hours from now, days from now, weeks from now. We have no clue because that is the world that we live in. Uncertainty is at an all-time high, right? Yeah, well said. On that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose ladder. Okay, perfect. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithm works in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. That makes sense. I've never thought of it that way. Hey, you store some money now. For future generations and for your life going forward, it's a smart decision. I've had two different life insurance put on me already. Really? One in the NFL, you have one, then now post-NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something to think about the future of the world. It, it's not a fun thing to talk about. To be honest, like, while I'm talking about this right now, not the most fun thing to talk about. No, yeah, kind of depressing. But smart idea. Mm-hmm. Check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to L-A-D-D-E-R, life, L-I-F-E, dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. That's ladderlife.com slash McAfee. L-A-D-D-E-R, life, dot com slash McAfee. Ladderlife.com slash McAfee. Look out for you, future use, and future generations of your family, because we have no idea what is going to happen. Manana. Listeners. And watchers of the Pat McAfee Show. <laughs> On January 13th, 2021, around 2.20 p.m., I relayed information to Matt, Pat McAfee that was not correct. I, during the show, scroll the Twitter, and I look for breaking news. And I get excited when there is breaking news. Oh. And I normally, oh, yeah. I normally do double-check. 
Let them know, dicks. Uh, but on this, in this case, on this day, yeah. January thirteenth, twenty twenty one, mm-hmm. I was got. Yeah. By 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 weed killer sixty nine. That's right. That's right. He reported a trade as a fake Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh, can't. Yeah, he did. That James Harden had been traded to the New York Brooklyn Nets. That's right. That was a fake fake report. Oh, dang. Here at this show, we do pride ourselves on on getting things correct. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially shit like this in the basketball world. And and reporting the facts, not just being first. Yeah. Because, because as a reporter, it's more important to be true uh-huh. than to be first. Uh-huh. I forgot that today. Yeah. I vow to you that I, I will never forget that again. Okay. I will double check. There wasn't even a there wasn't even a check mark next to this account. <laughs> not even close. Not, not even fake? Oh. not even a seven emoji. Not even a no. lot of retweets either. No. no. Wasn't even really his best one. No, no, not at all. We talked during the break and feel like it's been decided that the COVID cowboy is probably gonna have to hang up his spurs today. <laughs> really? Oh, oh, Tony. Totally. He's gonna have to put his hat on the wall. Oh, oh no. no. Tony, just be wow. normal piece of shit digs for the rest of 2021. All right. I apologize, and I hope we can get past this moving into to the future. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Way to own that. Let's Good go. job, Tony. Hey, way to go. I mean, you, you definitely go. misled people, misguided people, got got, but the accountability is something that Nobody else would do except for you, Dave. That's so, right. What a hero, bro. Good job. And you have changed your hat. That's all you did was just change your hat? <laughs> well, the cowboy's dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. You sure. don't deserve that cowboy hat. Oh, oh shit. He's Cow- right. I wish I could argue. Cowboy hat did lead to the Steelers being one and done. Oh. You oh. getting got on the internet is awesome. Though. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's one of the... You know, real thrills of the internet. It really is. Great moment. It's like that's a moment on the internet that we all share whenever somebody gets gotten. It's like, oh, gotcha. Did you see how excited he was oh. when he when he thought he had it? Oh man! By the way, you can. Uh, I was waiting to pitch it back to you. I thought you were going to break out the bat. Is AJ still on? AJ, did you hear that apology? And do you believe it? And are you sold on it? And do you forgive him? I, I watched the whole thing uncomfortably. It <laughs> felt like uh, it felt like a Garth Brooks documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris Gaines now. <laughs> oh, that's Tony Gaines. Chris Gaines had a hell of a run. Almost won a Grammy, I think. The um, um, I don't even know where to go from there. There's a couple <laughs> things. Andre Johnson. Do you see this? Andre Johnson came out and said, like, hey, the Texans stink with Easterby in there. I don't know if you ever got a chance to meet Andre Johnson. I had a chance to be teammates with him. This is very. This is not like Andre Johnson's like kind of way of doing things. Like Andre Johnson's not doing this just to get some shine or get talked about today by us and everybody. This feels like something that you know could probably swing the hammer a little bit harder for old Deshaun Watson, especially with everybody else. DJ Reader, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Arian Foster. Everybody's been like, "That place stinks, dude." So this is a wild time to be a Texans fan. I'd assume you're learning a lot about your franchise that you didn't previously know. Yeah, and. and- doesn't Andre Johnson like technically have some kind of consulting role with the Texans right now too? I would assume he potentially got pushed out maybe whenever Easterby came. Maybe he's not getting listened to or something like that. I don't. But you're right. I th- he does he have some association yeah. with the Texans. The fact that it's it's Andre Johnson doing this, and you go back and his last like real tweet was two years ago or something. It's all ad stuff. It's not even him. And then all of a sudden he feels like, hey, 
I need to come out and I want to say this. Like, that's the biggest news about it. Do you think as people say, like, do you want to do it on a show? Do you want to do, you want to do an interview? What do I, you don't want? Think, I think he just decided to do it. I think he was at home and did it himself. He's like, I'm sick of it. That's what it seems like when you have only promotional tweets for, for the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden this pops up. Like, I don't think he, I, I doubt he would run this by somebody. That's very interesting to me because he was awesome as a, and everybody respects him. I think in the NFL, you know, he's one of those guys that like, when he says something, everybody's like, all right, here we go. Let's ride with it. The, the Texans are going to have to clean up aisles one through 10 for a long time. Mm-hmm. Free agency is probably going to be tough for them for a while. If I had to guess, just like in Jacksonville, 25% of all the complaints that the NFL PA heard from was from the Jacksonville Jaguars and that piece of information got out and then people were wondering why they weren't spending money or getting money. It's like, well, the agents don't, nobody wants to fucking go there because of that. Yeah. Now with a new, obviously uh, a whole new organization basically with new GM and head coach, I assume that'll change, but the Texans are going to have to answer some questions for a long time, I'd assume. And if they do end up trading Deshaun Watson and he goes to Miami in exchange for Tua, I think that's the only positive outcome for Tua and the Dolphins too. Now that there's a potential bullshit, alleged anonymous source conversation happening about Tua stinking, basically, in the rest of the locker room, that's a wild time to be alive as well down there. Quarterback situations are very wild right now. Yeah, I'd say that. And you might, like, we may be seeing the very beginnings of something like that happening, the Deshaun-Tua situation, just because, like, when you look around, like, what would be the best case scenario for both these guys? Well, Tua seems to be there's a little bit of, little bit of murmurs and anonymous sources, which are is – garbage sometimes but still like I, I still have to take something into it i don't think whoever reported it just made it up but yeah deshaun it, it seems like i don't know how you fix what's going on right now in houston so good luck whoever becomes the uh, head coach there it's gonna be fun <laughs> casario might be like well since the way this whole thing has turned out uh, if i'm reading twitter right um unlike tone Diggs from the pat mag <laughs> if i'm reading twitter right sure sounds like it's gonna be tough for us to get a franchise quarterback in here so if they're just gonna give us two i mean Tua doesn't have any other option. He has to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that until this kind of all settles down. Let's do that. It's still wild to me to think that you're going to trade one of the best players in the NFL, though. That is a tough decision that I guess, like, that's what you get paid the big money to do. But that's a big-time move. No J.J. Watt, no Deshaun Watson next year. Houston Texans would be a much different organization. Yeah, I mean, I, that just seems of all the jobs available, that seems like one with the the, the biggest uphill battle from the beginning. A lot of conversations in the uh, studio today about which um, which head coaching job would be the best. That Chargers one seems to be yeah. the spot. Now, granted, Jacksonville is also good. No state tax. You got an owner who's going to have his hands on everything. Let's oh, yeah. take yeah. him through the game plan. But I think he will provide whatever you need to potentially win. I think he will uh, shell out money and everything like that. So all the with Trevor Lawrence on deck, that's a good spot as well. Uh, Philadelphia. Not a great-looking spot. I don't no, know if you no. want to go in there and clean that whole thing up. Houston, not that fantastic. Uh, but you go to the Chargers organization, you're like, okay, got a quarterback, got good defense. The Spanos family, I don't know how all-in they are, but this team could be absolutely legendary out here if somebody can make it right. That has to be an appealing job, I would assume, for somebody. Who's going to get that gig, I wonder? I mean, I, I think – don't you think the Chargers know, too? Like, hey, this is one of the, the better jobs available this year with the roster we have. You're in L.A. Like, yeah, things seem to be set up nice if you want to come in and be that head coach. So they know. So I don't know. I, I wonder, like, it would be hard to, if you're trying to hire the new head coach because you're just waiting for those dominoes to start to fall and guys start getting hired, and you don't want the guy that you are targeting to get hired. Do you know who General George Patton is that just got hired by the Broncos? <laughs> uh-huh. I do not know him personally, no. I don't know any of these motherfuckers. Nope. I, I don't know anybody that's getting these GM jobs. I don't know any of these dudes. I don't have a clue who anybody. Would you, why would you know, like, 
like the inner workings of front offices around the league. You know the GM sometimes, but that's about it. It's breaking news, though, whenever GMs get hired, and it's always like I read it and I go, oh, he's <laughs> it's a big job. I mean, you're you're the you're the mastermind behind a billion, couple billion dollar franchise. It's crazy though that they kind of just hand those jobs out to you know some yeah. some bums sometimes. Even some of the coaches. I just heard of Artie Smith like last week, and he's one of the front runners. <laughs> well, this see, year. that is on you. <laughs> you know, that is on you. Arthur Smith's name has been cooking all year because of what Tannehill's been able to do. Well, I've had my eyes on Dan Campbell. That's on me. I, I, I wasn't expecting Smith to get a head coaching job. Did you play alongside Dan Campbell, the uh, linebacker, fullback, whatever, special teamer? Uh, he got an interim head coaching gig down there in Miami. First day on the job, had everybody do Oklahoma drills. Then he won a couple games. Now he's the assistant head coach for Sean Payton. And somehow, and he is going to, because of their connection to the Cowboys whenever he played there, Sean Payton was an assistant coach there or something like that. Uh, that's a guy who's going to probably get a head coaching gig at some point. And I'll tell you what, I'm not sure his players are going to love playing for that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. You don't think Oklahoma drills at 9 o'clock in the morning aren't going to go over well? I mean, Sean Payton's probably pretty well liked by his players, so maybe he learned some things. But whenever the media was hyping him up, whenever he was doing that, I do remember a lot of people going like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, every player it felt like. But I, with a guy like that, though, if you know he's not doing it just to do it and you – like you understand what he's trying to do and the culture he's trying to build, then eventually that can become an awesome place. It can become a great thing. Yeah, like yeah. He's, Dan Campbell played. He doesn't want to just kill his guys all day long. That's literally what he did, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that I was think that was like, like toughing no. them up, man. They weren't tough enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Toughing them up. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Worked for the Steelers, remember? They went full pads like late in the year oh, to get yeah. back on track. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I forgot guy. about that. Picked up a third and one. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> They did, and then they ran the same exact play two quarters later, mm -hmm. and it did not get it. Next drive. How about yeah. the Steelers? Oh, two minutes. <laughs> it's the next drive. It's the next How drive. about Chase Claypool and everybody still? They don't care. Like, they're not backing off talking about the Browns. What do you say? They're going to get slapped next week? Yeah, something? but there was an entire lead up there where I guess Chase did an entire film study with his followers there, and he talked about all the things he did wrong and how he – you know what I mean? It was like that was the tail end of that whole thing. Because yeah. my problem with looking at – and we haven't talked about it, by the way, on this show. I mean, we mentioned it to Jarvis kind of in a nonchalant way, but we haven't talked about that strictly because when I watched the video, the thing I was upset about – was how he delivered the line. Like, I wish he would have, the way he kind of like, eh, they're going to get smacked next week. It was kind of like, like, didn't deliver it with like any, like, you know, like uh, moxie. Like, there was no, like, there was no delivery. So that was like kind of, but then wherever you see the entire thing, it, it is, granted, he said it. Now, let's not get crazy. But the, the actual video itself is just kind of like, I don't know if it's that big of a storyline, really. It's in the water, AJ. Can't, they can't help themselves. It's once once you get into that city and you start drinking the water, it's, it's just something that happens. Ooh. Oh, you start shit talking to Browns. Yeah, talking about the Juju Smith Seltzer. Yes, yeah, so you. Well, he's oh. getting out of town. Oh. He's going. By the way, Juju came out and said he wants to play in a major market to build his brand. Allegedly, these are leaks coming. He would like to go to a major market to build his brand. Everybody's saying, well, the Jets because he knows Darnold. But I would assume he wouldn't mind getting back to Los Angeles as well. I don't know how much cap space there is. Who knows on the Juju watch? But I do know TikTok will be waiting with bated breath. Oh, yeah. There's a few TikTok houses that want to actually bring him in. So I don't even know if he's looking at NFL teams. The TikTok there. houses might be going to the Rams and say, hey, we'll actually pay for this. Yes. We'll split this 50-50. <laughs> Down the middle. Go ahead and do this thing. You know what I mean, AJ? Does anyone want Juju back in Pittsburgh? Nah. I, I, would, I, would, I would go out on a limb and say the fans do not. There are a huge segment of younger fans that aren't real Steelers fans. They have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Foxy. 
um, that are very, very soft human beings <laughs> that do want him back. Yeah, Foxy would be a part of that. Yeah, Foxy, Foxy would be a part Let of that. Let Juju dance, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Foxy would be a part of that. Um, Jaguars are waiting on decision from Urban Meyer. Uh, allegedly, the Chargers are also interested in Urban Meyer. Another situation we just talked about being a great one. Quarterback established already going to be a baller for however many years he wants to be. Defense is good. New stadium. You're in Los Angeles. Urban Meyer's allegedly talking to the Chargers as well about their position. He's already been on Shad Khan's boat a couple of times down mm-hmm. there in Jacksonville, and they are allegedly just waiting on his decision here. Urban Meyer's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Urban Meyer's doing exactly what he did with college football for those years whenever he, he left and then came back and then they now he's doing it to the nfl and he'll be able to do this forever if he wants by the way he's in a great spot go out there on fox put it be on the pregame show for a couple of years and every time an, an opening comes available hey your your name is thrown out there and your price continues to go up and up so yeah it's a pretty nice uh, little coaching situation like John Gruden was in that role a little bit, I guess you could say. Cowher's been there forever, he just won't go back. Yeah, you got to earn that, by the way. I'm not saying that you just kind of get handed that. He had a lot of success in a lot of places. But, yeah, you get out of coaching because a couple health issues, go on TV, talk shit on Pat McAfee, go back to your show. Yep. That has less ratings than the show that he was on. And then, then just kind of break down football footage, which is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Watching him talk about games and things, like I do see some clips of that show. It is awesome listening to him talk. He's had a lot of success. I'll be intrigued to see what he does. Will it work? And you know him, and you have yet to give us a real answer. You think Urban Meyer will work in the NFL? Yeah. I think he could definitely work in the NFL, but I only think he's going to go if he gets everything like that he wants. If he has, he feels like he can control the roster a little bit, he can bring in all the people he wants to bring in. Like that, that's probably what they're trying to work out now. Shad's out on his hmm. on his boat. He's like, that. have you earned enough money to have a boat like this? Why do you want to make every fucking decision with my company? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be tough to do. If you're an owner, that would be tough to do. But you're, but like Shad Khan's an owner that made his money. He built, like he bootstrapped it and built his whole business up and then he bought a team. So don't you think they would be like, hey, I'm going to hire the best I can and I'm going to let the experts do their thing? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You would think. Yeah. It's also fun picking, guys. Yeah. yeah it's it's fantasy bad. football's a good time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're on team. You Real know. life. Like, yeah, yeah. We're going to put a couple pools in here, by yeah. the way, if I can turn this place up. I want that guy. Take the team over to London a couple times <laughs> a year. Yeah, we'll do whatever we want. Hop on a plane. Go ahead, boys. <laughs> It'd be tough not to do that, wouldn't it? If you had your own fantasy football team, it was real life. Yeah, I guess it would be tough. And what's your, your own money, though, that you realize when you're losing games every year? You're still making money, though. Yeah. yeah. Don't matter. Cincinnati Bengals are making money. <laughs> Make a lot more if you win, though. A lot more. And I think that is something that isn't discussed enough with these goddamn owners. Hey, listen, if your team didn't suck, you'd make even more money. Hey, I know Brown family over there in Cincy, you guys love that check that comes in for doing next to nothing and not having a lot of success and everything like that. Just imagine what those checks could be if you guys, you know, especially now that you have a quarterback, maybe, you know, triple them. Go ahead and put them in there. Let's go ahead and make some real money here, huh? I know you guys are wealthy and all that, generational wealth, and your kids are going to be taken care of forever, and your grandkids are going to be taken care of forever, and you know the city of Cincinnati is a diehard football fan base, but you don't really want to give them a lot of success. Why not just give them success, be some heroes, and also make, guess what, more money for your grandkids. There we go. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, well, the Brown family, their grandkids, they're all involved. So, yeah, they want to do it, continue to set up their next, the next generation. Uh-oh. Yeah, I love that. I won't say anything. The Colts have 
obviously invested a lot of money in coaching staff and scouting department and everything like that. When A.J. Foyt, former race car driver, became a scout, I, I laughed very hard. <laughs> that really happened? Really? Yeah. yeah, he came out. He was part of the family business there for like one off season, I think, or one season. It was awesome. Who did he scout? He married uh, Ursay's middle daughter, I believe, and then he, son of A.J. Foyt, the 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 legendary IndyCar driver. Yeah. A.J. Foyt, also a race car driver. Cool dude, by the way. Very, very cool dude. He... Um, I guess whenever they mar- they got married, I don't know if he was asked to do it or if he had an interest in doing it or whatever, but him coming out on a sideline with a, a thing, and I had known him previously to him becoming yeah. this from, you know, potential good times around town. It was always awesome. AJ, we fucking winning because of your brain today or what? <laughs> it was always, he was a super cool guy. He They have shifted, by the way, what they do for the business. They still work with the business. But I could see if you were a Bengal and the uh, team wasn't investing in like, you know, trying to get the best people, and you saw like the family members just start coming around, taking notes, and start dragging people. You'd be like, "All right, get me the fuck out of here, pal." If anybody knows speed, it was that guy, AJ. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's yeah. a NASCAR yeah. driver. Yeah. I, I, I would, you know, he he could probably judge some things that you know wouldn't show up in a practice field, like the like he's good, he was a good time. He yeah. was a good dude, good time, everything like that. So I don't know if they have him scouting like that now, but mm-hmm. him out of practice was awesome. It was always <laughs> awesome. Let's go to Mike in Los Angeles. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, just hanging out, dude. How's the traffic over there? Anybody out on the roads in Los Angeles, or are you guys kind of all shut down right now? You know what? I've been shut down for the last, like, 14 days. I've, I've had COVID. Today's my last day of quarantine, boys. Uh, hey, congrats. Congrats. You did it. Now, watch yourself, because I do believe one of the side effects that is not talked about is you will get got on the Internet. Oh! You know? so, Foggy brain. You know what? That was some people only. Tone, I texted a few of my boys when I heard the news, and <laughs> I appreciate the apology. It really does mean a lot. But you, you really do me today, man. You, you really do me today. Yeah, you, you, you don't know how many no, people you apolog- fucked over. Yeah. I feel today feels like the day that I, I realized I couldn't help everyone in fantasy football anymore. It kind of feels like that, like that type of sadness. All right. Tone, you're a hero, dude. Mike, what are you? Uh, you're yeah, we, a real we, hero, we dude. We appreciate it. Uh, listen, boys, I just want to talk about the future. You know, the offseason's coming up this weekend. I know we have a, a few football games going on, but we have a big year in the UFC. And it seems like your relationship with Ariel has really, you know, grown on the Internet. And uh, I'm just wondering stinks. if you guys have any plans to get together guy. with the guy. I know, I know he's kind of a tool. I know he's kind of a stage. Kind of. But uh, I'm just thinking if you guys have any plans of getting together, maybe linking up on a few Saturdays and – Talking about the game or talking about the fights, talking about what's going to be going on maybe during the offseason. I know Ariel's got a lot of time on his hands. He does. He does. ESPN News only has certain minutes. Maybe he wants to get some spotlight on your show and talk about uh, the fights that are going on. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. You're, you don't want me talking about fights, dude. I don't know. I'll watch them, but I don't know what the hell's going on out there. I don't know. We might need to get you evaluating boxers going forward now due to the yeah. Oculus. Oh, that's true. AJ, you know fucking. Hey, the guy that knocked me out by the way two nights ago. You know what I did last night by the way. As soon as I got home, fucking strapped in. Hey, bud, I've been thinking about you all day. <laughs> I, I, it was awesome. My wife's back there. How's it going? I'm not. He not won't that. fucking go down. He won't go down. <laughs> fucking go down. In between rounds, I was the first time in a long time where I was full, and the Oculus knew it. But I played much more defensive. Ooh. Yeah, a little bit more defensive. My counterpunch is good with my left hand. Right hand counter is not there yet. Mm, you know okay. what I mean? I need, I need to figure that out. I am going back through the Oculus as a southpaw, though. Okay. So, I mean, so Learn both mm-hmm. ways. Mostly because whenever you get very tired in these, I've learned like switching 
it helps a lot for the I arm. Can, like imagine. it helps the arm. So yeah. there was a couple times when I was going through like the uh, the highest level is called outclass, and it actually says unrealistic and unfair is what it says. Okay, oh, yeah. so that's the highest one. I get I, I steamroll through the competition in the lowest four or whatever. Then I get to the outclass one, and I'm doing all my same moves, and these dudes are just eating it, and then they're bringing things back, yeah. and all of a sudden your arms get very tired at that point, even though you're only holding Oculus. I got a lot of people tweeting me that I should hold weights in my fucking hands. It's like oh, you know, the Oculus controller is enough so i've been switching mid fights though to go like southpaw to like rest my muscles or whatever Confuse them. yeah but i couldn't land uh, anytime i'd hit him it was like i was punching in a dream you know what i mean like mm -hmm. there was really nothing so now i'm going back up and through the thing as a southpaw so that when i get winded in future oculus fights by the way same fighters coming from the other side Just as that's good. right does anybody do that in actual boxing? Oh, yeah. I think so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That should be a move. Very, very common to switch stances. Isn't that That's Gaethje guy? Can't the Gaethje guy do that, man, Surrey? Yeah, yeah. Justin Gaethje? MMA. Jeez. Remember what MMA guys do. They go back and forth. But boxers, I don't, do boxers do it? Rocky did. He had to for the second fight. Second fight with Apollo. Dude's yep. got a fucking statue. So, mm -hmm. like, Apollo more, didn't more know off, fucking hit him. More often in MMA, to AJ's point, you switch stances, especially if, like, your lead leg is taking some damage. You'll switch stances just to protect your legs. But in boxing, does it happen in boxing? Because I'm starting to feel pretty good about my, uh, my boxing southpaws. Not as much. By the way, gotta hold the phone, dude. Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. Gotta hold the phone, bro. That's what you, you bring know, it right back. So you don't even boom, pang, pow, pow, jab, cross, bitch. Whoa, wow. whoa. Yeah, sleep. It's got. Is it a like? Is it a good workout for you? Oh yeah, I actually have some friends who are in great shape that are playing that are saying they are dying playing this game. Wow. Like, for, by the way, it's only like. I don't know, the three-minute rounds, there's a five-round fight that you get to at the end. There's four-round fight. I've made it to the – I've never made it to the fifth round. I've knocked everybody out before then, obviously. But whenever you're 10, 11 minutes into that fight, I mean, your whole body is mm -hmm. just – it is very tired. It's it's a very quick workout. And I feel like I am getting good. I don't want to get punched in the real face. But no. Oculus boxing is something I will continue to do, I think. I'm getting closer and closer to getting it, man. Well, I don't <laughs> care. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, your Just internet's waiting. not going to be able to handle it anyway. Oh, my exactly. God. Oh, yeah. well, your internet, by the way. Listen, with that ping pong game, I uh -oh. played somebody last night. Uh-oh. Did not have a good connection. Oh, uh, glitching the whole thing. They time. would throw that ball up. It would disappear. There, You would see their hand swing. And then all of a sudden, the ball is halfway on my side already, and I got to get it back. Magic, man. It was tough. It, they had AJ's internet or whatever. Yeah, he uh, can't handle that. Side. Huh? It's, probably your, it's your internet, probably. No. How do I play with 10 other people a night and it's not a problem? That's the same question we ask you with this show. We interview, what, 15 to 20 people a week. And it seems like nobody else other than you and Rich Rodriguez have problems. What is the deal, AJ? It's good. I'm in good company. I'll take it. He's going to sure. turn to ULM around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did he not get the Marshall job? Marshall fired Doc Holliday for whatever he, I thought they were really? wild. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I thought they had success last year. For whatever reason, they yeah, fired him. Doc Colley was once a coach at West Virginia and a Florida recruiting coordinator. Gets guys in there. I think they won a lot of games this past season. They had a freshman quarterback who seemed to be good. Probably on the up-and-ups, they fire him. Rich Rodriguez is sitting there in West Virginia. It's like, I don't know if he would go, by the way. Maybe he wouldn't Wait, go. Isn't he, oh. the, isn't he the, the OC at Louisiana Monroe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the head coach is Terry Bowden? Mm -hmm. Yeah, friend of his. Man, they may put up 800 points a game. <laughs> Yeah, and his kid, Rhett, is going to be the quarterback. And Rhett knows the offense inside and out. It's literally been learning it since he was like eight years old. So, I mean, that team could. But I don't know what the over-under is, but we need to hammer the over. Yeah. Rhett Rodriguez sounds like the guy. Marshall was 7-3 and three this year. What's that? What'd you say? Marshall was 7-3 and three this year. Fired Doc. This is like uh, the Lions firing fucking yep. Jim Caldwell. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, you're good, but we wouldn't be better. 
Let's go to Hayden and Hershey. What's going on, Hayden? Oh. Nope, actually, Luke in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Luke? <laughs> the thing just jumped. See you, Hayden. Luke. Luke. I'm your father. Luke. That stinks. I heard some noise, too. So yeah, he, I know. Yeah, he's, he's, there. he's there somewhere. Did he just ice up? Did he freeze up? Oh, he might have. Yeah, Luke, might. I want to let you know, although there is probably a lot of people listening and watching, and they shouldn't be. We agree. Don't even You're just talking to us. Okay, this isn't that big. Just go ahead and let it out, Luke. Go ahead and just mm-hmm. go, ahead and, go ahead and pull the trigger. Relax. Don't be scared. Let it fly, pal. You know what I mean? Let it fly. All right, Luke. Come on, Luke. All yeah, right, see you later, Luke. have bad connection. Can't hang Whoa. up on Luke. We are stuck with Luke. All right. Yeah. This okay. thing has Lukey. broken over here. Come through, Luke. Luke, we need you, bub, because I cannot hang up on you. This thing has completely... We can manual override the other Pros room. Right? Yeah, over Mitt here. can. Mitt, can. need you to hang up on Luke. Luke uh, Mitt, let's go to Hayden and Hershey. Mitt, Hayden and Hershey, what's going on? Mitt. Hey, Pat. How you doing, man? Not too shabby, Hayden. Great work back there, Mitt, by the way. Baby, Mitt. What do you want to talk about, Hayden? Hey, um, I'm a cybersecurity student at Penn State, and um, I just got denied okay, for a DraftKings internship, which stinks. But, you know, I applied at FanDuel and the Indianapolis Colts. I'm an Indy native. Uh, I sent my resume over to Phil as well. And you being someone who brought themselves up in the sports entertainment world, I was wondering if you had any advice for college students trying to get onto the scene. Great question, Hayden. Appreciate that. Um, get rid of him, Mitt. Hang on, Mitt. Got him. Good job, Mitt. Hayden, you there? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, Mitt, one job. Mitt. Get one rid job, of him, Mitt. Mitt. Mitt, hit the X. Mitt, hang up on the fucking phone, dude. I think he hacked. Uh, I think guy, he hacked the phone. This guy hacked the phone. Jeez, security. We hung up on him. There it is. He hung up. Yeah, he probably did. He said, "I've done enough." <laughs> what is he? Cybersecurity guy? What does that even mean? Look I, out! What would we hire him for? Working for Simply Safe. Well, we'd hire him to you know make sure our streams stay up and maybe you know f- make sure nobody else like AJ's stream comes into ours. Is that guy coding? Is he a coder? Sounds like Sounds it. Right, yeah. Black hat. It's the future. You is can this, intern as a. Delivered? What's that? He was, he was calling you to, to deliver like a virus. That's all he, all he oh, needed to do. No. He picked up. Oh, man. My computer did. Trojan horse. By the way, my computer did. Yeah. Before the show. It was all completely dead. Dead. Mine. He's already got to mine. I'm telling you. Something's going on. Fucking Hayden and Hershey. Went to Penn State, too. Probably hates Ohio State. Yeah. You being an Ohio State legend. Founder oh, first geez. target. The, um, not getting to work at uh, um, uh, DraftKings as an intern. And then applying for FanDuel as a coder. If you're a coder, I don't think you're ever an intern. You're, you're pretty much in charge, right? If you're the one coding things. I mean, I think so. Yeah, you're the, in it. The coders are normally the ones. You got to learn the ropes first, hold, though, right? Yeah. The, the coders? Yeah. Who do they learn from? The the actual coders? Yeah, they probably get the same kind of code, right? Yeah, but don't, like whenever I watch these documentaries or these things about these people that hack into things, they're like Hayden and Hershey just sitting in yeah. their house. Just Prodigies. Like, oh, I'm smarter than you. Let yeah. me go ahead. Black hat. E-R-T-Y-U-K-L-G-H-F-D-A. Your life is over. Yeah. Systems down. I don't know how any of that works. System good f- failure. Hey, Hayden, good thing for you, bud, is uh, there's going to be a lot of money in the world that you're getting into forever. So mm-hmm. to get your foot in the door, wherever whoever lets you in, man, just go in there and work hard, dude. Just go in there and put your put your nose down and, and just go to work, pal. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm wanting to go back to the Cole Beasley conversation quickly with the jugs machine going off the whole time, and then you – just standing up, catching balls, <laughs> catching balls behind your back. I was trying not to look at your side of the screen, and I was, but I was trying to study Cole's face and see if he could see you and get distracted by <laughs> never you looked just once. 
just farting around the studio catching footballs the whole time he's trying to give you legit answers. Well, we were trying to make the jugs machine sound real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because maybe the jugs machine was in our studio. Exactly. Now, granted, Connor was throwing it when the jugs machine wasn't shooting. No. <laughs> so, like, there was a time, like, you know what? We had set that up when, when Cole goes to full screen, ball gets tossed off desk to Connor. We're all on the same page here. Mm-hmm. Connor, then as soon as we go to a third, I'm looking at Cole and a ball is flying at me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, the jugs machine didn't go up. It will. If, and by the way, as I caught it, <laughs> I was like, all right, we're a little bit off. Let me go ahead and throw it back. Mm-hmm. Yet again, by the way, we did not wait for that jugs <laughs> no, machine. No. We had our own jugs machine that was silent. It's it, funny. I didn't even know that we were supposed to wait for the jugs machine to go off on there. Oh, yeah. The first time you threw the ball without him even looking. Yeah, because I was waiting for the jugs yeah, machine. I thought you had to be ready at all times. That's the drill, right? Gee, I mean, you turned around. Who Now, is that this... That was disrespectful of the show, just like your internet is. I mean, so Cole, I mean, kind of disrespectful. Not Cole, by the way. It's not him making that decision no. to sit down right next to the loudest thing I've ever heard practicing. my entire life. Yeah. That, but you, he, you would think they have, like, another room they could take people in so that, you know, you're not. Josh actually, called us from the indoor yeah. facility. Same thing. Yeah. But his at least was not sitting right on top of a judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard a jugs machine be that loud? I've never heard that much noise come out of a jugs machine. No, it, it sounded like a jugs machine. From the first one, I, I figured, like, oh, yeah. And then he said, we just got off the field from practice. So, yeah, my guys are catching balls. You don't think that was too metally for a jugs machine? Oh, you guys don't use Toro. You probably don't use WD-40 over there in yeah. Green Bay either. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know what kind of fancy jugs machines you are using that don't make any noise but yeah that was no they always make noises but that sounded literally like somebody was banging metal like it was a steel mill right behind the fucking right on the microphone basically maybe they got they probably have it turned up a lot it's throwing balls a lot harder than the ones you're used to nah josh does have a lot of velocity does (laughs) i agree (laughs) by the way you saw those hands Mm -hmm. it was nice to have them back no no drops none i had one in my career but I joked a guy and got the punt off. <laughs> but it didn't count because we had guys down the field, so it had to come back. <laughs> in the next punt, I almost broke my leg from uh, Brian Brahman, uh, one of the best special teams players of all time. What a prick. He is a very mean guy. Yeah, I oh, bet. Yeah. Freak athlete, though. Very handsome. Respectfully. Pretty funny as well. <laughs> but mean guy. Prick. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. I know there's a lot of other options of things that you could listen to. The fact that you allow us to do so on such a regular basis, every single goddamn weekday, we appreciate the hell out of you. Absolutely. Hashtag end the pod squad. If you made it here, you deserve to win something. Mm-hmm. Ty's already handing out the money. Maybe we'll start another fund up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Tomorrow. I mean, we'll tomorrow. think about it. We'll okay. think about it. Yeah. Keep tomorrow. Your eyes, keep your eyes peeled. Tomorrow or Friday, we'll make an announcement. Okay. Sounds good. Anyways, tomorrow, big show, dude. Yeah, I was floored when I saw a couple of the guests tomorrow. I really was. How about today, fucking Barry Sanders, dude? I know. Awesome. Cole Beasley. Rich Rod. Couldn't really hear anything he said, but... Could not hear a word Cole Beasley said. Still pretty awesome, though. Hey, shout out to Cole Beasley, friend of the show now. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not like a good friend, but... Like, you know, acquaintance. Have a lot of respect for that, man. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, if you want to rock with us, uh, we all are clips at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Uh, we'll be back with another hopefully good show tomorrow. Be a friend, tell a friend, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a gorgeous Wednesday night. Cheers. Oh, oh, oh.